0: Blog Talk Radio
1: You are now tuned into Kings of Non-Sequitur Any topic Any subject Anything goes With your host Jay And Frey. Well, I've warned my co-hosts to be prepared because we've got a storm in this area. We've got power flashing, internet flashing on and off. My house is a, uh, is in the middle of a storm. Uh, and hopefully, everything will just fine. We are on the air now, hopefully. Uh, you are listening live to Kings of Non-Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Here with you live on a Wednesday night, July the 20th 2020. That's right. July the 22nd, the day before the baseball season starts. What? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's the coronavirus wreaking havoc on everything that's going on in the world. But baseball, as you said the last show, Jason, damn the torpedoes. They're going full speed ahead with this season starting tomorrow. And we're going to Preview the, the baseball season coming up as, as best we can. The the whole 60-game sprint, not a marathon. We're, we're all here for it.
0: If you want to know what an absolute dumpster fire this season is going to be, three hours ago, there was still articles floating around that MLB is contemplating expanding their playoff format for this season, and the season starts tomorrow.
1: I mean, why do it ahead of time? Why – that's, that's for losers, just sitting there trying to plan everything out. Wait until the last possible moment. Yeah. Hell, let's start the season. Let's change the rules after the season officially starts. How about that? We haven't done anything crazy like that in, in forever. Let's just wait until like a week into the season and decide, you know what? Uh, top 16 teams are in. Fuck it. Just everybody, uh, everybody wants to get in. Let's get in. Let's treat it like it's the NBA, <laughs> the NHL. Just half the league gets in. What the hell?
0: Yeah, I, I half expect that you know they're gonna do like the Scooby Doo reveal and they're gonna you know rip off Rob Man- Rob Manfred's mask and it's Bud Selig.
1: And I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 beyond crazy. It's I've I read that too earlier that the the Tony Clark and the Players Union and and baseball are are still negotiating. They're still talking about it. They may still do it. You wake up tomorrow morning, you never know. The whole rules of the season may be completely changed by the time they start actually playing baseball tomorrow. You just don't know. So so we might actually
0: have two extra wild card teams and not even not even know it going into a season preview the day before the season starts.
1: Just, just shut up and play the games. We'll figure it out yep. after you start playing. Just shut up and play. Damn the torpedoes. Yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna play with all these crazy rules and y- yeah, good luck.
1: Good luck, everybody involved. Uh, have you been, uh, uh, tried to get a hold of all these rule changes? Because there's a lot of them. Um, I got well, a uh,
0: the, okay. So what I here's what I know, and you can I know that they have the three batter minimum. That was gonna happen anyways. So if you right. bring in a relief pitcher. He's either got to pitch to three batters, or he's got to get out of the inning.
1: With exceptions for injuries and illnesses.
0: And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of those. A lot of, a lot right. of sore forearms after a guy comes in and gets <laughs> uh, knocked around, or does you know walks the first guy he sees. All of a sudden he's going to be looking at his hand, you know, oh, or, God. Oh, t-
1: or oh,
0: oh, oh. yeah, or pumping that elbow like oh, <laughs> oh, oh coach, come on out, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, I don't have that drop. I got to get the Rodney Dangerfield from Catch Shake. Ooh, my arm. I, I got to yeah. get that one now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's going to be a lot of that this season, so I know about that one. Uh, obviously, we have Universal DH this year, which is going to be really strange. Um, it, the, the, the extra innings one is probably the one that really gets me the most upset because if you're going to put a guy on second base to start extras, just put a guy on first and second base because the first guy up, is getting intentionally locked.
1: And then the next guy up is laying down a bun, and then it's just so uh, predictable.
0: Yeah. Although, yeah, unless the guy who's up just can't hit. um, Yeah, or because yeah, the, the first guy who's up is going to be definitely laying down a bun. So the strategy of putting a man on second base to start the 10th inning is just ridiculously stupid. Hell, just put him on third base. You really want to make it interesting. <laughs>
1: I I don't know. That's this is a rule change specifically that I can speak to because they uh, implemented it in the minor leagues last year. So, well, so last year I I got to see it firsthand. I uh, I think they impl- implemented it the year before, but I didn't have any extra inning games the year before. Last year I I did. And it was even dumber than I thought it was going to be because they if I recall correctly, they did walk the first guy, and then the next guy up didn't try to lay down the bun. He was swinging away, and he got a base hit on the first pitch. So we're talking about one pitch thrown, you're losing. Just like That's that, was an RBI run. single.
0: It wasn't a home and run. And it wasn't
1: a home run. Just a regular single uh. that drove a run. Off the first pitch of the of the inning, they walked the first guy up and but and made it first and second. So yeah, if your next guy up can hit, then you let him swing away. And if he's a, a little middle infielder, then you have him try to sacrifice over. It, that's it's predictable. It's gimmicky. It's uh, it, it's like the penalty kick in soccer. You, you're changing the structure of the game itself. Uh, in service of trying to find an innovative way to go into overtime instead of just letting them play the damn game out, which they've done uh, all these many hundreds of years. And, yeah, there's plenty of rule change in every sport throughout the years. But there aren't many that fundamentally change what you're doing. This is different than the sport that you play for nine innings every night. This is a different sport. This is different circumstances. Uh, I don't like it at all uh when i before it happened i I hate the 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 aspect of it and i hated it more after sitting down and actually watching it play because it's just it's just a gimmick it's so dumb
0: yeah it's like saying like we're going to have an nba game and if it's tied at the end of regulation we're going to have a dunk contest
1: (laughs) right well we're going to Well, it's it's more like we're gonna keep playing the game. It's just gonna be under different rules than you've been used to this entire time. We're gonna play it where the first team to hit three three three-point field goals wins the game, just out without any other contest. Without any, you can dunk and get uh, all the two pointers you want, but the first team to hit three threes wins. Now go! It's just I don't I don't like anything that changes (laughs) the game that you've actually been playing.
0: Yeah, especially yeah. If you're gonna strategize a certain way for nine innings don't all of a sudden start having to strategize differently in the 10th inning.
1: I don't like it. I just,
0: I remember having the radical idea on this show a few years ago when this was all getting talked about. And they were like, Oh, every time there's an 18 inning game, they, they throw their hands up and oh, this is, this, this isn't right. Player safety. I'm just like, yeah, just do what football does play an extra play to the end of the 12th inning. And then it's a tie. Everybody knows how ties handle in the rule book, right? And how they affect the standings. Everybody knows tying is not as good as winning and it's better than losing. Just have a ties.
1: I would take that over this gimmick. I don't know what the hell the problem is with just playing the game out.
0: I I don't have a problem with the, maybe we're just old and curmudgeonly, but I, I don't have a problem with extra innings the way they were. It's drama.
1: The was well, the drama and the, the rare 15, 16, 18 inning game. It's not like that happened all the time. You're talking about a no. 162 game season. Say each team has one or two games in the middle of a season that go 15, 16 innings. Yeah. It's 160 other games that don't go 15, 16 innings. What's the big fucking deal if it happens occasionally? As all these other sports. That don't have 160 some odd games. Uh, it, it, that's why I have a problem with trying to change the rule just based on these every so often huge games that go all these very long innings. It's it's yeah. because there's so many other game. There's so many games. You're gonna have anomalies when you have that many games in a season, uh, and I I just don't think the percentage was uh, big enough for them to be so worried about it, but you know, it's, this, this all, again, it's all about the money. This all is born out of uh, owners concerns that you, you weren't being entertaining enough and you were losing the younger audience. And so they're just trying to come up with a gimmick to make people uh, not turn away or not be as bored or something like that. But uh, if your game is that boring, then maybe you should be changing all the rules of the game, or maybe you should be doing something with the entire game, not just the extra inning part of it.
0: Yeah. And, and of all the sports baseball can be, I I think baseball has both ends handled baseball can be at once, both the most boring, but also the highest drama.
1: With the most strategy.
0: Yeah. You know, there's something about the slower pace and every, you know, and it's a very, it's a fair game, right? Everybody gets their shot. You know, we get to go, you get to go. Um, and you don't necessarily have that because every, every other sport, there's a clock and baseball doesn't have that. And yeah, there's, you get into the dog days of summer and you get into the, you know, you're in the middle of August in a normal 162 game schedule and your team is out of it. And yeah, just, it's hard to watch. But when you get high caliber baseball, I, I, I'll still take the the drama, the high drama of a, of a World Series um, over – a Super Bowl, you know, it's me.
1: Ooh, controversial. You're hosting a football show. I
0: host a football show, but I I think I'm on record saying that I still think that the, the best quality games are always the conference championships in football. Super Bowl is usually more of a spectacle than a football game.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a little different than the regular game. There's so many more breaks. There's so much pomp and circumstance, and yeah, yeah it, it is it is different.
0: Yeah, it's um, definitely talk- football made for the masses. It's built for the right. audience who doesn't watch football all year long, where you don't really get that with, with the other
1: sports. I was talking about the strategy in baseball, and so now I will step aside and let you uh, have the mic and rant and rave about Uh, a piece of strategy that is not going to be in the sport at least this year and maybe going forward with the universal DH getting rid of pitchers hitting.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with it for this season. If that's what, if that's what they want to do. And if that's what everybody agreed to, I I don't want to see it go away. Uh, I don't want to see pitchers stop hitting. I I've always, I, I like that national league style of baseball. Um, I don't want to see, you know, American League. It's just sluggers up and down your lineup <laughs> and there's uh that's no. And and there's, you know, and it takes away from pitchers who can hit. And there are pitchers who can hit. The guy no, who helps his own cause.
1: To... There's pitchers who can hit better than other pitchers. They're still not oh. really hitters, but they they do do better than most other pitchers. Yeah. You know, the Bumgarners and the uh, Kershaws and guys like that. Yeah, there there are pitchers who certainly uh, handle the bat a lot better than most of them. But ninety percent of the pitchers hitting are ugh, it's so yeah, aesthetically when, when ugly when the guy
0: just stands there and takes three straight down the middle with the bat on his shoulder and just walks away. Um, That looks pretty bad, especially if it's in a high-leverage situation. (laughs) But I liked that the American League had the DH and the National League didn't. It sort of gave them that, you know, it made them different. It gave them that little bit of a differential, and then you'd get into the World Series, and it gave each home team a different way. So there was like a strategy to play home and away. It's like, oh, we'll have the DH on the road, but maybe not at home, you know, or back and forth. And I liked that. If everybody's got the DH – I don't know uh, if that has the same appeal, but I'm not saying I wouldn't watch. It just would—it would feel different. I'm such a—I'm such a National League guy, you know.
1: I know, and it's—it is different. But and you grew up rooting me, for it's... an
0: American League team, so you—you're used to this.
1: Well, I'm used to it, but even taking the White Sox out of the equation, just baseball, just any baseball game that comes on, if it's National League. You, you go along, you have all the hitters doing what they're doing and the pitcher doing what he's doing on the mound. And then you get to that ninth spot and it's like, ugh. It, it just feels like, okay, the, all the wind comes out of out of my sails. I'm, I'm only speaking for me how I see it um, to watch these guys get up there. Like I said, there's a handful of pitchers that can handle the bat a little better than normal. But mo- most, most of all, all these pitchers get up there and – The ones that take the three down the middle, that's better than if they'd they'd have swung because the reason they're taking is because they know if they swing, it's going to be even worse. They're going to be all out off balance. It's going to be ugly. They're going to risk hurting themselves because they really shouldn't be in there because that's how bad they are at hitting it. It's just not something that I want to to see. I'm hoping the universal DH uh, sticks around for seasons going forward. There's really only one league in, when you talk about baseball around the globe, I think the National League is the only league that still has pitchers hitting, because every other league knows pitchers aren't hitters for the most part. For the the vast majority of them, don't need to be in the batter's box because all they're doing is risking hurting themselves. So I would I'm gladly, all for it. You're not.
0: I would gladly. Well, I'm not. I just. I would gladly make a trade. I will give up pitchers hitting if I can get the damn robot umpires. <laughs>
1: Um, all four robot umpires, we're both on that side. We, we've both been loudly on that side. Which is funny because we always in. talk
0: about this whenever we talk about baseball, about how we clearly hit all the spectrums from like, get off my lawn, old man. Like, no, this is baseball and we're all about the tradition and don't don't change this part. But man, when it comes to using technology to get things right, we are like super progressive. <laughs> like, get it in there.
1: Get it right. Get the call right. That's all I care about. I don't
0: need CB Buckner and Angel Hernandez and Joe West. I don't need those guys taking over baseball games.
1: No, not at all. Get all these old fogies out of there. All these guys that are objectively bad at their jobs. Like every metric you look at, all these guys that are so terrible at the the job of umpiring, yet it's like you get tenure you get in there and and nobody can fire you for for calls apparently so uh i don't know why they keep staying in there but they're there and i think the best way to mitigate them being there is to get these automatic strike zones in so that we don't have to rely on their judgment because anyone who watches baseball knows that these guys wake up one on one side of the bed or the other and that's how they call the strike zone that night if joe west wakes up in a good mood, he'll call a strike zone one way. If he wakes up in a bad mood, he'll call it another way. And it's it shouldn't be subject to the whims and interpretations of the umpires. If if it's a strike, uh, if it's a strike, it's a strike, and that's yep. how it should be.
0: Yeah, especially you know, I, going back and watching some of these old MLB networks showing all this old footage, and it's like I'm watching some of these pitchers pitch, and I, I wish they had the little strike zone box because. We think it's bad I,
1: now. I, I totally know what you're talking about, and I totally agree. I love Greg Maddox; He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, my yeah. God. Some of those balls he was throwing that were not strikes, that were getting called strikes. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, because it became more about if you could just hit the catcher's mitt where the catcher didn't have to move. But if the catcher sets up two feet outside, that ball never touched the plate. <laughs>
1: And it became rotation as well. That oh well, if Greg Maddox threw it, then it's got to be a strike because that's Greg Maddox. It <laughs> reminded us six inches off the damn plate. Yeah, it it, it was some of those. Yeah, I, I was watching those same old games that you were. and It's like oh my, God. It, it really was a stark uh, reminder of how wide those strike zones got for the especially for those Atlanta Braves pitchers like Glavin and Maddox and yeah. Smolty. All those guys got the benefit of. of like way, way off the play, getting called right because of his reputation.
0: But nothing will ever top Levon Hernandez, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> oh, poor Eric Gregg. Nothing uh, will ever top that. That that was unbelievable, and not just he
0: was he was pumping the fist before the ball even got there. <laughs> he, he was doing not the just... old Enrico Palazzo, you know, Enrico Palazzo. Enrico. <laughs>
1: Not just through the whole game, but especially Aww. to the ninth inning when, when poor Eric Gregg was about to stroke out right there on the field. He, you, you could tell he wanted to <laughs> just get off the field. He was calling everything a strike. He, that really <sighs> wasn't Rico Palazzo. Strike! Yeah. Uh, so some of the other uh, rule changes, there's a lot of them in 2020. Uh, there's a uh, MLB.com by Thomas Harrigan. He tried to run down the list of them. He got the universal... Designated hitter. We talked about the pitchers and their three batter minimum when they come in the game. We talked about the runner on second to begin extra innings, which I've seen in practice and hated it before and hated more after position players pitching. There will be no restrictions on position players pitching this year. Uh, a rule change installed this past off season would have required teams to designate every player on the active roster as either a pitcher or a position player. And position players would have been unable to pitch unless it was extra innings, their team was ahead or trailing by more than six runs, or if they had qualified for a two-way designation like a Shohei Ohtani. Uh, That rule will not now be in place during this 60-game sprint. I barely even remember that conversation uh, happening as far as that rule change, but we don't have to worry about it this year. Uh, Suspended games for this year, if weather forces a game to be cut short before it's official, which is, of course, after five and a half innings, it will be continued at a later date rather than started from scratch. Uh, Now, this one was interesting. Unsportsmanlike conduct uh, because of coronavirus and trying to social distance out here. Players and managers will be expected to maintain physical distance from all umpires and opposing players on the playing field whenever possible. Players or managers who leave their position to argue with umpires come within six feet of an umpire or opposing player or manager for the purpose of arguments or engage in an altercation on the field will be subject to immediate ejection and discipline, including a fine and suspension. So what happens to the bench clearing brawl? Everyone gets ejected and the game is over. (laughs) uh, Apparently. (laughs) Forfeit. Everybody will have the first game uh, that won't be played with a pitch if it's uh, uh, we, we just covered the disco yeah. demolition on the last show with the hall of infamy induction. Uh, yeah. If they, if they get started brawling before the game starts, if there's some issue from the night before and they start yapping and jawing and start brawling before the game even starts, everyone's ejected and, and there's no game and everybody just goes home. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, to me, that's, Seems to try to be the end of the, the Tommy Lasorda, Earl Weaver, Blue Pinella running out to the, uh, yeah. to the umpire and screaming and spitting in his face and arguing and whatnot, which was always kind of silly, but also a little fun. It was a little yeah. Interesting to watch that happen every now and then.
0: Okay, I didn't know about that one, but sure. All right. Just...
1: Okay. <laughs> Uh, And and also, uh, there's a wet rag rule this year. Uh, Pitchers will be permitted to carry a small wet rag in their back pocket to be used for moisture in lieu of licking their fingers. We have to be uh, hygienic now. we got the the COVID-19 going on, so we're we're not going to let you lick your fingers. We're not going to let you spit. There's supposed to be a ban on spitting now. Wait, what if it's
0: cold out? Can they blow in their hands?
1: i I don't know about that part uh the wet rag might freeze if it's too cold, so I don't know I don't know what they're gonna be allowed to do as far as that goes uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no licking the ball, no licking the fingers, uh, no spitting on the ground. We got a wet rag rule for the pitchers now um I don't think there's any way you can enforce the the no spitting thing. I don't know about the whole licking your fingers wet rag thing, but Uh, I I heard about the no spitting you can't possibly enforce that baseball players spit that's what they do all the time Uh, you what are you going to do you see a batter get in the box and he he turns and and spits just out of habit are you going to stop the game and and throw him out or or give him an an automatic strike how do you enforce that so uh, some of this stuff is going to be in place at the beginning of the season, then there's probably going to have to be some adjustments made.
0: These will be what we call points of emphasis when we get to the NFL season. And they'll (laughs) enforce enforce it for about the first three, four games. And then you'll just forget all about it.
1: Yeah. Well, can Drew Brees uh, lick his fingers and then get up under center? Is that going to be non-hygienic? Is Uh, is that going to be allowed?
0: Is everything going to be shotgun snaps this year?
1: I, I don't know can't get under center that's too that's too close and you uh, can't have bumping bump and run coverage anymore You you can't get too close to the receiver i, I don't know
0: and no tackling
1: <laughs>
0: flag football
1: the national flag league coming to a stadium near you but you can't go in because there's going to be no fans allowed or 20 or percent capacity all right, so, yeah, that's setting up this crazy-ass uh, 60-game baseball season that's going to get started here. Uh, ready to make some predictions? Sure.
0: I, this is going to be fun, huh?
1: <laughs> I, I'm trying to keep it fun, and I'm going to try to keep it loose. And it, cause I, Like I already said, I don't know how you could possibly have any sense of, of security on any of these picks because it's 60 games. If a team gets on a 10-game win streak, they can stamp their yeah. playoff ticket right there. That's a thirty-game
0: win streak in the regular <laughs> so, season when you have one hundred and sixty, right?
1: Yeah. So, uh, and, and who's going to do that? Who, who the hell knows? The Tigers could have a ten-game win streak. They could get lucky and, and the win The Tigers, though,
0: up. could also have a ten-game losing streak. They could
1: very easily have that. And if you were to ask uh, me which
0: one's more likely for <laughs> the Tigers, I would say it's a ten-game losing streak. So I'm trying to stick to what I thought of the season back in March, I didn't have to do, I was looking through all the rosters. I didn't have to really make many adjustments for, for COVID players. Um,
1: but we don't know who's going to be a COVID no, player. No, I mean, for guys who pipe.
0: just said they were staying home, you
1: know, the right. guys
0: who just clearly aren't there. Um, it's not, you know, team breaking, at least at the top level.
1: Right at the at the moment and for and for yet, those that we know so far. Yet,
0: yeah, yes, you are correct. A huge
1: so. question mark we'll, we'll uh, hanging over best. everybody. Is, I'm
0: still skeptical they finish a season.
1: They, they, that's very possible. I, I think they're definitely going to finish the season. It may not be with anybody that's there right now. It may be with a bunch of guys that they call from their Scabs. little taxi squad. Not scabs, but they, you know, they don't have a minor league, but they do have like right. a taxi squad, and they're sending guys right. off to al- alternative sites. And all God, that I couldn't stuff, imagine
0: so. that you're a top team, and you get to the World Series, and your best player now gets the goop, and no. you're now yeah. forced to play, minus the reason you're there. That is crazy, mm-hmm. and that's not like it's an injury. It's not like the guy blew something out. No, he he, he got a virus.
1: He, he, they, you decided to play a season in the middle of a yeah. pandemic and you can't have all these guys in individual bubbles, unfortunately. So something like that is, is destined to happen. As, that's why I said, watching these games, it's baseball. I love baseball, so I'm going to watch.
0: I'm going to watch. It's a little,
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a little uh, <laughs> makes you a little uneasy knowing that this probably shouldn't be going on right now. But, but go on, it will. Uh, as is our custom for any... Season preview: We start in the division of the defending world champions, and in this case, that would be the Washington Nationals.
0: What, <laughs> what do you think about
1: the What uh, do you think about the National League East and the Washington Nationals?
0: Ah, uh, well, how, how do you want to do this? I, 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 this is such a unique season. I mean, usually uh, we just go kind of free form, right, and just.
1: Yeah, and sometimes we've gone in order trying to pick yeah. it, and we just kind of figure it out as we go along. Um, so do you you have a division order that you want to go through? I do.
0: I do have an order of every division. Um, so I guess I would go... I'll, I'll go... I'll be fun. I'll go bottom up. All right. Uh, in the NL East, and uh, I think we both agree that the Miami Marlins will finish in last place. <laughs>
1: What if they have a 10-game win streak?
0: Uh, are you telling me you have the Marlins anywhere other than dead last?
1: I have no idea how the hell they would get a 10-game win streak. Uh, no, they uh, – <laughs> Even in a short season, the Marlins, that, that's not a major league team. It, it's just – The Marlins, it, in, not... in
0: a 60-game season, if we, we play this out the whole way, the Marlins will win 17, 18 games. <laughs> I mean, so they might have a 10-game win streak. And then they're going
1: to go 7-50 the rest of the way.
0: And and, and what might be a minor upset, my fourth place team in the NL East is the Washington Nationals.
1: Are you fucking serious?
0: I know, I'm absolutely serious.
1: My fourth place team is the Washington Nationals. Oh, no. (laughs) What are we doing? It begins. What
0: are we doing? I'm I'm being all controversial here oh, I'm, I'm taking the world series champions and i'm dropping them all the way down to fourth place here are my notes on the washington nationals lightning in a bottle lost rendon Ooh.
1: yeah that, that's, that's so the, the lightning in a bottle is who knows that might be true lost rendon is huge is definitely yeah. a, a big deal anthony rendon the mvp level third baseman is now uh, an, an they, anaheim angel
0: after that putrid start last year, they got super hot. They won their last eight games going into the playoffs, which everybody should have been looking at, right? Because that's usually the giveaway. And yeah, then, when
1: someone gets red hot, right at the right and time. they
0: were—they they got red hot basically come June first and never really stopped. And you can't keep up that pace, and you can't lose your best hitter. Um. So, yeah. Uh, that's that that's what I think about the old Washington nationals. I think that they had a charmed season. Uh, I don't think they're going to repeat. I still think there are better teams in that division. Uh, third place. I've got the Mets.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's who I got. Oh, uh,
0: second place, Atlanta Braves. <laughs> and my notes on the Atlanta Braves are sketchy rotation. I don't trust that starting rotation it, it, it just drives me crazy and i've got the old post-hype philadelphia phillies putting it all together and winning the nl
1: east you and i have been best friends way too damn long to have the same division order in a 60 game crazy season this is ridiculous have the exact same order
0: uh people who haven't listened to our baseball preview show no. it goes like this every year
1: <laughs> but it's not supposed to, it's not supposed to be this way
0: yeah, we were supposed to be all controversial and arguing with each other, and oh, uh, no! I, like I really in, like. I like the Braves. I'm in
1: Washington here. at four, and I'm like, "Ooh, I really got one right here! I'm taking the World <laughs> Champions with put them four. Uh.
0: <laughs> you should have gone first.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, the, I like I like Atlanta. You know, I like the Braves a lot. I really like what they've done. I just, I look at that pitching staff and it just, Oh, that starting pitching with all that young offensive talent that Atlanta has. And I love the Braves. I had the Braves to win the division last year. Um, I believe I might've even had the Braves. I think I had the Braves in the world series last year I had Houston, Atlanta in the world series last year. I got the Houston half, right? Um, But I had them winning it all, which I came a few innings away from being true. Um, But I, I like the Braves. I respect what they're doing a lot, but Philly is that interesting team where it's the year after they were supposed to be really good, and nothing really went their way. And a lot of times, you see when you do the rent a team or you buy the team, and it takes a kind of a while for that to kind of gel. And, it, and all of a sudden, now I look up at the Phillies and I look at that roster and I go, "Yeah, they're 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 pretty, they're loaded."
1: They are. They they were and
0: way on, and they underachieved last year. Last year. They Underachieved right. and underperformed. I, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not as. I'm not crazy about their pitching rotation either. But I trust it more than I trust Atlanta. So that's a close division.
1: Yeah, and again, that's why I thought that going Washington four and Mets three and yeah. Atlanta two was was kind of going out on a limb. But apparently, uh, I, it wasn't.
0: And <laughs> I do have the Braves as one of my two uh, wild cards, or is it four? I don't know. They don't
1: even. Know. We the whole the. the Top half of the league is, is all going to the playoffs. they don't even
0: know. Yeah. No, but I do have Atlanta uh getting in as a wild card. I d when I have Philly above Atlanta, it's not it's close. This could be a one or two game difference to win that division.
1: Well, my notes on the Natinals were nineteen and thirty one start last year that everybody remembers and they're not younger. Yeah. So <laughs> Uh not, not saying they're going to start that bad again, but it's going to be an uphill climb. They clearly are a team that got going later in the year and had to sort of rev themselves up to get there. And uh, I love Steven Strasburg. I love Max Scherzer, but they're they're not getting any younger. And the, the whole team, they lost Rendon, as you mentioned uh, there. They, they got the the one stud young guy in, in Juan Soto in the lineup, and the rest of them yeah. are kind of getting up there. So that was my rationale behind
0: that. Yeah, that that I'm looking at that lineup, and it's kind of a lineup of guys right now. I mean, you you you've added in Eric Dames and Starlin Castro. You know, there's a, that that's that's kind of guys. I know they're expecting this Carter Keyboom uh, to fill in for Rendon. Yeah, no. Anthony Rendon was the real deal.
1: Right, whatever Keibum might be, uh, he's got a ways to go before he's before he's Rendon. Right.
0: And in a 60 game season, honestly, just because I have a team picked to finish fourth doesn't mean they might only finish 5 games out. <laughs> right?
1: Right. That, that doesn't mean they're going to be, because you know, it's 40 so games uh, out of first place like the Marlins right. might be.
0: No, so you'll you'll have a lot of teams this year. Um where it's just also compressed. So when I just look at what I think that order will be come September 30th or whenever the season officially ends, because I know we're getting as soon as October starts, we're getting right into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Phillies, Braves, Mets, Natinals,
1: fish. They could change that. They could change the, when the season ends, they they might change it from 60 games. Everything's up in the air right now. They might
0: just cancel the whole thing tomorrow. And this will just be a fun, (laughs) this will just be for posterity.
1: Right. What Um, if? Stratomatic. My my thoughts on the Mets at three is there's a number of National League teams that fit this description getting that designated hitter just in time for Joannis Cespedes to come back and not have to play the field and risk getting hurt again. There's a lot of teams that are going to really love having that universal DH. I know there's a lot of National League teams that are set up to play National League ball and, and account for that, but there's quite a few of them that got some older guys and some guys that aren't exactly the, the greatest fielders and not the fleetest of foot. To, they're really going to love having that DH. I think the Mets are one of those teams that are really going to love that. But as usual, their pitching can't stay healthy. They, they keep getting guys hurt. Thor's not going to be there. Uh, uh, Stroman just hurt himself, just tore his calf muscle, Just uh, I think
0: Ugh. a couple of days well, Str- ago. Marcus, Marcus Stroman is always
1: hurt. Yeah, that's and and if you're a Mets pitcher, it seems like you're always hurt. Throwing join the right staff because they stay hurt. The whole lot of them. <laughs> um, and having the Braves at too, I'm rooting for Freddie Freeman to rally back from having the COVID. If you were reading the updates on him, he got a pretty bad case of it. Uh, body racked with pain and going through a, a whole lot of different stuff, according to his wife. But he's back. He's he's. Uh, Going, he was playing in these exhibition games. He's trying to build his way back up. Of course, you have next to no time to to get yourself back into shape because the season is pretty much right there in front of you. But uh, I'm rooting for him to to come back. He's one of my favorite players. They got a lot of guys like in DH too. They got Austin Riley. They got Matt Adams, big Matt Adams, a former Redbird down here. I watched a lot of him. I get, they got Adam Duvall. They got a whole lot of uh, basically career DHs on that team. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be up there. Uh, again, but uh, i I don't know if I'm quite as skeptical of their pitching staff as you are, but yeah it, it's not all slam dunks when when you aces uh Mike Fulton evvits basically yeah uh you're you're kind of hoping for the best with him because he hasn't exactly been consistent and for the uh for the Phillies the pretty pretty much the same reason as you having them at first place that they have so much talent they they have all the potential. They didn't put it together last year, maybe this year. Uh, will be better. I think personally, I think Bryce Harper, it feels like he's ready to to get busy now that he had to sit there and watch his old team go all the way without him and take home the silver uh, and the the hardware. Uh, I think that's going to light something in him and and he's going to have one of those special 60 game seasons if there is a a special 60 game season to be had. um, I got a feeling Harper's going to turn it on and, and maybe bring home another MVP for himself.
0: And if there's any team that benefits from there being no fans in the stands, it's the (laughs) Phillies. There's no one there to boo the home team.
1: Like you said, it should have been some booze to make them feel at home.
0: (laughs) Every time Bryce Harper strikes out at home, just pump some booze in. Just make them feel at
1: home. You're overpaid bum. Uh, (laughs) Actually, the GM can yell that from the, from the box up uh, in his luxury suite there. Uh, all right, so so here we go. NL East, exact same order. We're off and running. Um, National League Central. How do you see that shaking out?
0: All right, National League Central. Let's see here. Now, if we agree on this one, I'm done. I'll just leave uh, it the end the show. Uh, <laughs> I, I've got the Pittsburgh Pirates in last place. Yep. So, it's a fire sale. Um, they are. They had the fire sale. They'll, they'll probably be sellers again at the deadline. They're they're in a division. The Pittsburgh is going to be at the bottom of that division for a very long time.
1: I don't even know what they have to sell. It's it's a bunch of it's their lineup is guys. It's eight guys. ten, it's eight it's ten home run guys and Josh Bell. That's their lineup.
0: It's guys. Yeah, it's just dudes. Um, yeah. yeah that that that's a train wreck. There's no ten game winning streaks on the horizon for the <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the the top four in this. Uh, I I struggled with this because. I could I could reasonably justify an order with the other four teams, but I had to come up with one uh fourth place. I've got my Chicago Cubs in fourth place.
1: Wow, you got them all the way down there.
0: Well, again, this is all the way down there, they might finish two or three games out. Uh That bullpen, that the bullpen's a disaster. So if they are going to be as good as they can be, they could win this division. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who have them winning this division. They could very easily win this division. But if the back end of the bullpen and Craig Kimbrell, they do what they did last year. And, you know, it was obscene how many saves they blew. I mean, that offense is legit. They get leads left and right. They score runs in bunches, and last year it was 40, 45 blown saves. For like Ooh. leads they lost late last year, it was it was criminal, uh, what that bullpen did. did bullpen did, and uh, if they, it, I don't have that much faith that it's not going to happen again. I also, I'm not rolling with a rookie head coach trying to run this team, and I, I just worry a little bit about David Ross being a little buddy buddy with these guys.
1: Yeah, there's no guarantee. There's no proof that he's going to be any kind of decent manager, uh, especially filling in the shoes of Joe Madden. Every no matter who you brought in, they would have a tough time filling those shoes. But you're bringing in a guy that's the first time he's ever done this. Yeah, that that yeah. that may not go so well.
0: So uh, we don't agree there.
1: I don't have him falling down the fourth. No, I, I did not. We haven't fallen oh. quite that far but again like you said it's it really is uh a, a tight jumble with those four teams that are not the pittsburgh pirates so they could be fourth, they could be first they really could be anywhere uh yeah. in, in between so I when i have my
0: no, i was gonna say it's probably the most competitive division in baseball
1: yeah i, I, I think that's a, an argument that can definitely be made uh my team that i have falling the fourth but they might finish five games out of first. So same as you, it could be any order. So I I was trying to go controversial and I went with the Cardinals to fall all the way down to four. Oh, sure. I got the, their closer, uh, Jordan Hicks, who I love. He missed all of last year with an injury uh, with Tommy John and he opted out of this year. So he's not going to be back. So there's going to have the same issue. You talk about uh, a mess at the back end of your bullpen. The Cardinals were, about as messy as the Cubs and don't seem to have solved that issue at all because I thought they were going to go back to Carlos Martinez as the closer, which seemed to have some success, but they want to stretch him out and have him start again, uh, which means I have no idea who they're going to have uh, trying to close out games now. And, uh, you know, relying on Andrew Miller in the back end is, is something you wanted to do for the last five, six, seven years, but he seems to have lost a little bit. So, I don't think that's something you can rely on either. It just feels like they, they may start a little slow. They're a little uh, – they're always kind of sleepy anyway. And uh, Paul Goldschmidt was kind of falling off uh, last year. He wasn't quite the impact player that they were hoping they were getting from Arizona. Uh, so, yeah, when I got the Cardinals four, but that's not saying that I think they're going to be terrible.
0: Right. And I've got the Cardinals at three. Um, I, I, and my issue with them is I love their starting pitching. Uh, like you said, their bullpen's a bit sketchy, but uh, I, I'm not that I'm not that sold on this offense with the universal DH. This this was that um, National League team that sort of just like would nickel and dime you and wouldn't go away, and they were sort of that pesky team. And I, I don't know how they're going to adapt. Uh, if any team in that National League Central seemed built for playing a National League style of baseball, it was the St.
1: Louis Cardinals. Right, they don't have a lot of old sluggers sitting around on their bench.
0: Yeah, when they're when they're slotting in Matt Carpenter right now is their DH.
1: Yeah, they're just trying to find somebody to play that position.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just a guy, you know. I mean, when you look at the Cubs. Okay, yeah, obviously, they, I was saying they should trade Schwarber to the American League for years because he's a DH. Now he can DH.
1: Oh yeah, everybody was saying that. That's that's perfect for him.
0: Ah, <sighs> all right, so second place uh oh, third who's your where where were we that was your was that your fourth place team uh,
1: yeah we we flipped we switched That was my uh, third
0: place team so we both just talked about the Cardinals so i guess is that then who do you have in third place
1: yeah we flipped the 4 and 3 i, I had the cubs yeah. third and i thought i was taking a risk by having them fall that far you had them even uh, farther than that so that's I why i was so surprised thing. i have
0: them in a hard luck fourth because i still don't trust the bullpen they just blow well, up so many leads I mean, if, they, if that, trust me, if the Cubs can cut that number by percentages in half, they'll win the division by five games. I just don't know if they can. Um,
1: yeah, and I'm worried about, um, they got Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant are already out with sore backs. Uh, they can't, they can DH Schwarber now. Uh, they can't DH him and Rizzo and Bryant at the same time. So something's going to no. have to give there. Um, it just feels like the whole, uh, the crew, the the core, the, the championship group is kind of starting to fall down. That window is starting to close a little bit. These guys are getting a little older. Uh, Avi Baez is coming into a, a, an MVP candidate every year, but those other guys are just starting to, you know, give the impression that maybe their best has, has possibly passed them by. So uh, I got the Cubs falling off a little bit.
0: Yeah, which is so hard. To think for like Rizzo, who's been in the league for seven years, and Bryant, who's been in the league for four.
1: Yeah, but they've their their highs are so high. Bryant's already got an MVP. Um yeah. I'm not saying he well, can't Bryant ever return. Rookie,
0: rookie of the Rookie of the Year and MVP, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, MVP the next year. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm not saying he can't ever get to to be that great again, but. I'm, I'm just wondering, you know. There's Bryant is this, the one this, of
0: the, yeah. Bryant is the one out of those guys who I think would be the one who's the least like. I was not opposed to the trade ideas last year with Chris Bryant, just from the potential where if you could sell high, or even sell medium high, and you can get a decent haul for the guy, um, I wasn't opposed to it. He'll he'll never pay for another meal in Chicago ever again. He's a hero, but. You know, still, you gotta, you can't go by that forever.
1: So we both got the Cincinnati Reds rising up and being better than the Redbirds, better than the Cubbies. We do. Yeah. Do you have? Are you pushing the button and putting them all the way at the top of the division?
0: I'm gonna tell you what, I absolutely am.
1: Wow.
0: So I have the Milwaukee Brewers finishing a hard luck second place in the National League Central, thereby making the Cincinnati Reds your National League Central division winners. I love that revamped rotation of the Reds. Absolutely love it. And that lineup never really got a lot of run last year, but those guys just murder the NL Central. Plus they took Castellanos away from the Cubs, who's a professional hitter. Suarez kills that division. Every time you look up, he's hitting three-run bombs off everybody in the National League Central. I really like the – I liked them to win the division in a 162-game season. But, no, I absolutely, absolutely like uh, that rotation. Adding Bauer, you know, you got Sonny Castillo. Yeah, I have uh, a lot of respect for the way the Reds kind of put that all together. They made a lot of splashy moves. Uh, Moustakis, Castellanos, I mean, hitters, you know, guys, not not, not guys who are going to hit, you know, they're not going to hit a ton of home runs. They're not going to knock the cover off the ball 30 rows up into the seats, but they're going to find some gaps and they're going to keep the, the train moving. So I really do, uh, I really do like what the Cincinnati Reds are putting together here in a shortened season.
1: You like what they've done with their ball club? I do. All right. I do fantasy uh, inside joke that we always have. Yes. Uh, I
0: like what they do for my team.
1: Yeah. Uh, Low-key, tough first three starting pitchers for the Reds that you already mentioned them as far as like top three uh, in, the, in the entire league. Uh, every team's yeah. top three starters. You can put Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray up against just about any other team's top three pitchers. Yeah. And to have that you know with this condensed schedule... Uh, have every three days you know you're getting one of those guys out there that's that's big time uh, and you talked about the lineup and and adding uh mike Mustakas and nick castellanos and then adding a little bit of pop to to that lineup and seeing what they're going to do with the guys uh, that are already there suarez uh eugenio suarez at 30 he is i can't seem to ever draft him in a fantasy league because he's always gone right before i'm going to take him uh but yeah he's he's as as uh, regular as it gets he's very consistent um, and I was a big fan of the rookie uh, Aristides Aquino just punishing balls all last year that's all he did was just come up and hit home runs. that's all he, he didn't have time for anything else but hitting home runs so yeah I, I love the Reds too they're fun to watch I'll be rooting for them um, I have all of these little predictions I tended towards the younger teams uh, not just young just to be young because the, the uh, Marlins are also young, but they're young and, and double a talent. So that's different, but young and actually good at baseball. I, I tended towards those teams just on the theory of, Hey, it's a uh, uh, short season. You got to be out of the gate, kind of hot. You can't be really working into it. You can't be like these veterans who take one and two months to, to get comfortable and get into the season. And then by the time Joe, it's okay. Now I'm ready to play ball. Uh, you got to pretty much come out ready to go. So i got the Reds. Uh, I do not have them all the way at the top. I could not push that button, but I do have them as one of the wild cards in the National League. I have the Braves as well. I didn't mention that before. Um, But I do have the Reds second. I still have the the Brewers on top because I think they're so set up to have uh, so few – they have a a very low amount of things that – that they have to do right in order to win a game. They have an MVP candidate in Christian Yelich, and say he goes three for three, knocks in two or three runs, and they, and they get a three to one, three to two lead going into to the eighth inning. Now you can send out Josh Hader to to take care of the eighth and ninth, and it's it, it's over. Um, so I, I love the the Brewers because they don't have to do that much in order to win ball games and a lot of these other teams that have to do so many things and piece so many things together just the right way. Brewers don't really have to do that much. They just have to have a lead after about six or seven innings and and, and the ballgame is over. Uh, they'll still have some fun with the DH. You can throw Ryan Braun out there um, instead of having him in the field. They're going to love the DH as well. But uh, MVP Yelich and, and the fireman and hater – And that's all you kind of need. And if they can just keep doing that all year, they're going to definitely win their share of games. And and I got them uh, finishing on top of the division again.
0: Yeah, so we're flip flop there, although with the exact same results. So, so far, we have the same exact four teams in the playoffs in the National League because I have the the Braves uh, as my wild card. And here I have the Brewers as my wild card. And for me, the great equalizer when it always comes to the Milwaukee Brewers is Craig Council. Cannot he coaches himself into trouble? He can't stay out of his own way. I think in a sixty-game season, he'll be even more likely to burn up his bullpen, and that always seems to do him in. Where like, normally he takes the bad rap by August, haters shot, you know, and, and, and haters numbers when you get into August and September traditionally have been really bad, and I think he's going to overuse Josh Hader. Because now he's not so worried. It's an all-or-nothing season, you know. It's only a sixty-game season. I can just burn this guy up, and we can get to the playoffs, and everything be damned. And yeah, I've got a feeling that the Brewers probably are winning that division, or a couple of games up, come September first, and uh, the bullpen fade because Craig Council just can't get out of his own way. I, I I hate the way he manages games.
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it either, but if anyone and, uh, manages to burn their bullpen out after on a 60-game season, that would be a, a monumental achievement right there. And,
0: and, and you want to talk about a team that's bullpen is so good, nobody talks about the fact that that starting rotation is trash.
1: <laughs> uh, they're not ex- uh, extremely impressive.
0: Second worst starting rotation in the division, but that just tells you how good the offense and how good the bullpen is, but that, you know, that can't – you know, he's, he's not throwing Wade Miley out there to start a game to walk one guy. He's got to at least pitch to three guys now. <laughs> Some of the worst man. So that – I you know, the two so two teams, rule. The two te- yeah. The two teams who should be running away with that division, the Cubs and the um, Brewers, I just have big questions about the coaches. Sure. I don't trust council. I certainly don't trust David Ross.
1: Well, no. uh, time like will PR tell. I know. I felt
0: like not at David Ross thing. I don't get me started on the David Ross. That was fan service. <laughs> it's like he's going to be yeah. larping all year as the coach of the Cubs.
1: <laughs> it's our buddy,
0: it's our drinking buddy, <sighs> yeah, Pappy. Here's go, Pappy Ross. <laughs> oh, not how you win ball games. All right, let's, let's move on. I'm done with the Cubs. <laughs>
1: we're done with the Central. We're done with the East. <laughs> The, uh, the NL West, what uh, What are your thoughts on, on that division? Uh,
0: uh, well, let's start at the top. If anybody – here's what my note is for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I wrote might oh, win, win 50 games.
1: <laughs> 50 and 10? Yeah, I, I can see it. it.
0: They, because that division after them is pretty terrible. I'll go back to the bottom. I've got the uh, San Francisco Giants finishing dead last. Uh, their best player quit. <laughs> That was the Um, one team that really got hurt. I mean, it's probably only going to make the difference for me of them going from fourth to fifth. But the face of your franchise, and I'm not saying he's a quitter. Everybody respects him. Not trashing Buster Posey for not being there. But when you put it into, I'm going to predict how this team is going to do minus their best player and face of their franchise, last place. (laughs) Um, So. (sighs) Do you concur?
1: I don't, because uh, I think an even bigger train wreck in that division might be the Rockies, because that organization can't they, – they can't hide how little they respect their star player, Nolan Arenado. So that feels like it's headed for, I don't know, a, I, I would hope not a trade deadline dump, but I have no idea. They they don't like him, and he doesn't like them. He's, he's still there because he has to be. He's, he's still there. That, that,
0: and if, you know, and he's not – he doesn't strike me as the guy who's going to play bad just despite the franchise. That lineup's no. still going to put up some runs. Uh, I have, uh, so you have the Rockies in last place. I do. I have the Arizona Diamondbacks in fourth place. Here's my note on the Arizona Diamondbacks. All I wrote in my little notes here was I want to see Kettle Marte do that again.
1: Your boy, your favorite player,
0: Kettle Marte. <laughs> four home runs every year, hit 32 home runs last year. <laughs> I wanna see what the ball is jump I wanna see how the balls are jumping <laughs> off the bat in the empty stadiums this year.
1: Hmm. Uh, maybe thinner air because there's not as many people. I don't know.
0: Or or the cooler air, because there's not as many warm bodies in the stadium. So maybe the stadiums will be a little cooler.
1: That's maybe what that too. Is. Who this knows?
0: that body heat. <laughs> you don't have don't all know. that body carrying the balls out, so you know, Kettlemar taking it thirty two home runs. Give me a break. <sighs> And then I've got, I've got the Rockies in for a uh, third. Um, with the craziest scenario, was I looked at their schedule because they're, they're so home heavy early, and their home road splits are some of the most severe in all of baseball. But the first half of their schedule is mostly home games, so I could see it a situation where they kind of, you know, do their Rockies gonna Rocky at home, right? And and they you know win all these eleven to eight games, and they kind of run out to a decent record early, and then they could be one of those, oh, look at the Rockies, and then they just kind of coast through the back half and finish a, a very uneventful third place.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely did not go through the uh, – looking through the schedules and trying to do – I like I said, I was trying to have fun with this. I didn't take it quite yeah. as seriously because it's 60 games, so who, who really knows? It took me about an
0: hour to do, so it's not like I did this all that seriously.
1: Okay, well. That was one of the things you, I looked at. Yeah, that, that's more than me. You did it more serious than me, that's for sure. Um, I, you and your uh, Diamondback hate because of Castel Marte. That was he's part of my notes for for. That's not
0: why I hate him. That's not why I hate. <laughs> I don't hate the Diamondbacks. I just he was the poster child for juice baseball. <laughs> him and um, uh, Placido Polanco.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of them up. Not... Not Placido Polanco. He hasn't played in how, oh, how many years? Oh, Jorge Polanco. You're thinking of Jorge Polanco. We're, we're showing what, our agent. Placido
0: Polanco could probably come back <laughs> right now and hit 35 home runs.
1: You're so probably, probably right. 50 he's 55 a, years old. He's a hell of a contact hitter. Um, I got the uh, Giants fourth. Uh, Buster Posey said, fuck you for this season. And, and quick, name someone else on the Giants.
0: Brandon Belt.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. You're, just, but you're a baseball, fan, so that shouldn't count. He, he is. Yes, you, you did successfully name another giant. Um, but yeah, that, I'm same rationale as you. is uh, they lose their the heart of their team, and and just he just bounces on them. And I'm also not criticizing him for doing it. I completely understand because really, no one should be playing as far as I'm concerned because we're in a pandemic. Hello, but. Uh, Yeah, I got them for... Like I said, the only reason I don't have them uh, below Colorado is because it feels like the Rockies organization just can't stand their best player and they're going to sort of... It's not that he's going to torpedo the season because he's so good. He can't torpedo the season. He's too good of a player. I think the organization is going to torpedo everything behind him uh, and, like I said, may even wind up taking a crazy step and dealing him at the trade deadline or something. Um, Arizona, I'll... Talk about them because you talked about them, but I don't have them third. I have them second. I have them as a wild card team. They're starring what? your favorite breakout star, Cattell Marte. And Wait a uh, I thought you had
0: the Brewers and the Braves as wild card.
1: How many wild card teams are there? Isn't it three now? Because you got the play in so, game.
0: Oh, I thought there were only two this year. I've been I actually. I looked at three different articles about playoff teams, and they had three different answers.
1: Right. That, so I, I don't know either. No, I was going off of what, what was it last year? You had the the play in game. And then, uh, another, was there another wild card team after that? No, because you had to have. Okay, you had to play in game for two and wild that card teams.
0: Right, the two wild that, card teams play the play in game, and then they go. I mean, we've always railed against that, right?
1: Right, that's what threw me there off. I thought there was three wild card teams. Game.
0: Yeah, so as far as I know, that's still the format. It's okay, as far as I know, it's still the ten game format, and they're trying to up it to fourteen.
1: Okay, I see. All right, I'll I'll take the Diamondbacks out of the playoffs then. I was going by. Uh, I don't know why I got so confused there and thought there were three wild teams, but no. I don't uh, know. You I, know
0: what? I don't even know. It's that crazy.
1: It's not official yet. We don't know how many playoff teams there are because yeah. they haven't officially decided yet. Um, but I have Arizona second. Uh, not just Marte, but the starting pitching is potentially powerful. They, they have a lot of young arms that are uh, a couple of them weren't so good other places, right? Like uh, uh, Luke Weaver here in, uh, in St. Louis uh, had a great start to his career and kind of fizzled out. So he's got another chance. Um, of course, Zach Gallen that rape trade from Miami that should have never happened. Uh, they have a powerful lineup as well. And Archie Bradley should have been a closer last year. Because they had to start with Greg Holland for some reason, and you heard, you remember me railing against that uh, in last year's preview show, uh, yeah. so now they're starting right off with Archie Bradley the way they should have last year. So that's a, a big component for me as well. So I, yeah, I got Arizona kind of being a surprise team and and getting up there uh, in the oh, division. Okay. And we you been, have the
0: Padres third, and I have them second.
1: Uh, okay, modes of talent on the Padres. I know. Division, I, I as you know,
0: you talked about liking young teams. The yeah. Padres should be a poster child for that, and that is a, a that's again that is a a sneaky quiet good starting rotation. And yeah, they got some games. Some... Yeah, yeah, I, I Paddock uh, Paddock is nobody. He's not jumping. Fantasy players know who Chris Paddock is, but he's not jumping off of. He plays in San Diego. So nationally, right. this guy's not getting You the know, same thing with Lamette and Garrett Richards, who's, you know, bounced back from injury how many times in his career. Uh, <laughs> Zach Davies, who was the Brewers' best starter. Pretty much. I mean, he was their most reliable starter for a long time. Not anymore, because they all suck. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I like I, the pot and that offense, that, that young offense. I, I really like that a lot.
1: They still feel like they're missing a couple of pieces. That's the only reason I have them yeah, third. They, but yeah, they've plugged in
0: some guys. They've definitely plugged in guys. Um, yeah, you know, you can look up yeah. and down that lineup and go, "Oh yeah, that's a guy. He's a guy. <laughs> oh yeah, they just pro profile. He's a guy. Um, right. You know." But no, I, I, I like. And again, I'm they, all, all these teams are. Any of these teams are finishing ten games clear of the Dodgers, as far as I'm concerned. So At
1: the best, a couple couple of guys that can be DHs on, on the Padres as well. Um, there's a couple of players that I watched in my last season as a, a scorer for uh, Baseball Info Solutions last year that stood out to me. Um, and I, I'm sure I said it at a, uh, during a show earlier this, this year, but that gig is no longer uh, a gig. They got rid of everybody uh, that was in a city in which they can – uh rely on the video uh broadcast of the games. They they decided that uh a lot of these cities were the video was reliable enough that they can score the games up there at their headquarters in Pennsylvania. They don't need the the people on the ground anymore. So that that deal is over. That was a nice run for a side gig. I had a lot of fun. Six years I believe I was uh doing that job and even got to be uh, uh do the schedule for the last couple of years so learn some some new skills as far as uh being sort of a leadership role having to contact these people and get a hold of who's doing what game and if someone drops out I got to figure out who's doing some you know who's picking that game up and uh, I I had a lot of fun I enjoyed it a lot there were two players uh in games last year and triple a games last year that made an impression on me that I never got a chance to talk about one of them they're both in this division one of them was uh, for the Padres. He's a third base prospect named Ty France. And when he came in last year, it was in the, about the middle of the season. So June, July, something like that. So they had played a good number of games already. And he, his bat, his batting average was still, uh, it was either at near 400 or over when they came in. And it wasn't like, after 10 or 15 games it was after like 40 some odd games or 50 games and his average was so, so of course I was like, okay, let's see what this kid's got. And I believe he got three hits the game that I was there and he seemed to be the real deal. He really handled the bat. Like he had been a, a veteran and been doing it his whole life and uh, didn't leave any doubt as to what kind of uh, hitter he potentially could be the, the red birds were setting up their defense and shifting him and trying to get in the right position. And he was ignoring that and just hitting it where they weren't and, and doing what he had to do. And it, he, he impressed me. He really left an impression like, okay, he's, he's, he's got it. He's, he's got something there. But of course, being a third base prospect, there's a little problem in San Diego playing third base because there's a guy named Manny Machado there right now. So uh, if they can stick him at DH every now and then, or, Some of these other guys uh, that they got there, uh, that catcher, Francisco Mejia, who I think uh, has got a chance to be a real good hitter as well. Um, Maybe when he's not catching, put him at DH. They got some guys. They can really move around and give them some opportunities. Because if it wasn't, this is one of those deals. If it wasn't for the DH, I'd be looking at Ty France this year and going, he might be back at Triple A again because there's no room for him. They, they don't know they don't have anywhere to put him unless they converted him and put him at second and, and told Jerks and Profar to go sit down, which they could easily do. But uh, yeah, that's one of those uh, teams that can put use to DH not because they have a bunch of old guys, but because they actually have a lot of young guys who. Don't maybe don't have a position available for them right now uh, so they can slide them to DH and still give them some, some at-bats and give them some work.
0: Right. Or they could DH Machado and play the kid. Now, unfortunately, though, these guys were blocked by players. When you make the big splash, you sign Machado to what you signed him for. Unfortunately, the guy who's blocking him or the guy he's blocking usually just ends up becoming trade bait especially yeah, if he's
1: a the, top the, prospect.
0: so mm-hmm. that's another thing that the red the, that the Padres could do is dangle him, uh, to get even better, especially if they're in a position, I I got him finished in second. So there, there's a chance. Hey, let's add two more playoff teams. You know, or let's add six more. I don't know. <laughs> um, there's a chance that, you know, if the Padres are as good as I think they could be and they're contending for a wild card, who knows? I mean, they could be a team making a splash at the deadline. They
1: could be. And then the, uh, Dodgers winning the NL West is just fait accompli um, because it's not the playoffs. If it was the playoffs, they would struggle and and have a hard time. The playoffs, the Dodgers will be just fine. Um, And they had the other player that made an impression on me last year uh, in that kid, Gavin Lux, who it looks like they're going to put him at their little alternative camp and and hold him out for a week because, you know, he's got to work on his game. And a week from now when the service time uh, situation uh, allows the Dodgers to retain they another year.
0: They couldn't even waive that for this season. They just had to do it because they can't.
1: It's because they just they can't help themselves.
0: themselves. They're in their DNA. You don't yeah, want to break camp with them. Them.
1: Uh, Yeah. You know, they got to start Mike Gold at second base. No, they're not going to start Mike Gold, But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, uh,
0: a, all right. Let's see. we got twenty Chris minutes Brian's reference to do the American League.
1: Twenty whole minutes. Uh I can't believe the time gets gets away from us like it does. Uh all right, American League East. What's what's your outlook?
0: All right, AL East. Uh I've got the uh, Orioles finishing last place. That that they're trash.
1: I got the Blue Jays. Where the hell are they gonna play? They don't have a home stadium.
0: <laughs> I gotta play somewhere.
1: They might play It all doesn't road matter games. where
0: they play It's going to be an empty stadium Put them in a stadium with regulation Size field And just play baseball Send them to Arizona
1: They wanted to go to Pittsburgh And they, they had a them. small problem Pittsburgh said no, fuck that, get out of here We're in send a pandemic, them. go
0: send them. send them to Florida or Arizona To their their spring training facility It's a regular right? It doesn't matter, there's no fans there
1: yeah, but if it, if every other place says no, if they're they're all you know saying we, we're battling all this stuff and we don't want an extra team, then they might wind up going all around and playing sixty road games. And no, yeah, I'm not send taking
0: send them to a college stadium. Send them to Minot, North Dakota. <laughs> I don't care. No, they still can't be worse than the Baltimore Orioles.
1: The, the Orioles are a Triple A team. That's that's for sure.
0: Uh, I've got the Red Sox finishing fourth. Oh. <laughs> I don't trust their pitching at all.
1: Yeah, they, they still should be ashamed of dealing Mookie Betts. Um, yeah, and that but, too. That that was just a travesty. Uh, but no, I, I got them second. I got them uh, bouncing back. They they still wow. got a lot of young talent. Okay. Not necessarily got, the pitchers.
0: Uh, I've got the Blue Jays finishing third. Because uh, I still think, despite the fact that there's some road bumps right now, that uh, they, there's still a ton of talent on that team. There so that's is. That's a lot of talk I, about young guys. That team is yeah. that lineup is loaded with young talent. And homegrown but... young talent. So they're doing it the right way. Um, yes, the, the situation they're going through right now—they're a team without a country, even. Uh, <laughs> right. Why they ask Montreal? A a stadium in Montreal. Well,
1: it's, this is it's Canada. Canada. In general. No. Canada said, "No, you're not bringing all these American teams uh, up in here to play against you because America is trash." Well, okay. And they're not wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I heard Canada's accepting.
1: Usually. <laughs> not, not not right now. <laughs> they're not accepting anything from America right now. Neither is anyone else. Like you can't even can't even travel right now you can't, you can't visit anywhere cuz everyone's saying no to america no Americans <sighs> numbers are too bad uh, so where you uh so where you got Tampa Bay finishing? they've got to be uh your your second yeah. place team. yeah they're
0: my second team uh they're scrappy i mean the rays just don't go away um and in a shortened season they who knows you look at that yeah. roster. The starting pitching is fine, but and you look at the starting lineup, you go, "What? <laughs> how, how does this team score any runs?" And then you look up and oh, you know, they they win ninety games. They won ninety six games last year, with guys,
1: dudes. And continue to make the most out of the least. It's, it's incredible the way they've done it. But, uh, yeah. and I'm not going to cite too many numbers in the show at all, but this one I had to, I, I got them third uh, in this division. That roster playing to not just 96 wins, but plus 113 run differential. Yeah, That's, that's called over their heads, played over <laughs> their heads last year. And I'm not Ugh. picking them to do that again this year. I'm sorry.
0: But you know what? They're always there. They just don't go yeah. away. They're like the twins were all those years. Remember?
1: Well, oh, believe me, I remember.
0: We still got six more games left with the Twins.
1: <laughs> White Sox rallying cry for many uh, years. We're not. We're not. I've we're got, not
0: dead yet. I don't think that the Yankees are flawless, um, but I definitely think that they're the class of that division. I mean, their hitters are all on. They they just they still they'll put up runs on you in bunches. I worry about their starting pitching uh, staying healthy. Um, a lot, lot, lot of question marks. Uh, I I wonder you know I, I, normally I'd worry about Garrett Cole going to New York, but now he doesn't have to pitch in front of any fans to boo at him either.
1: Exactly, a lot less pressure.
0: So so he gets a break. Um, but, you know, Paxton, he's always one pitch away from getting injured. Uh, we still know that Masahiro's a knockout. Now he's got the concussion, uh, but we also know that he's one pitch away from blowing his elbow out, because uh, that's just waiting to happen. And uh, Luis Severino did blow his arm out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good, great bullpen, though. Right. I mean, that is, then... That's a bullpen of guys, but the, all the guys are really good.
1: And having Gary Cole on top to push all the other starters down a slide, that remedies yeah. a lot of ills as well, that you don't have to, uh, there's that less relying on the Jordan-Montgomerys of the world that you don't really want to rely on.
0: So the Yankees, um, are lo- uh, they're loaded.
1: They are, and there's with 60 games, there's less time for Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge to miss with injury. They, they can hurt something for a month and come back and then, still be okay. They, they don't have to miss three months. At the most, they can miss... Yeah, that, uh, the other, two yeah
0: those two guys especially are also... Uh, they do have a propensity for getting nicked up. So if you have extended absences from one or both, it could hurt.
1: But, but they have uh, backup. They, they have guys that can come on and, and take those places. So we both got the Yankees on top of the AL East. Uh, I, have no the wild
0: cards. I have no wild cards coming out of that division.
1: Uh, same with me. Uh, what about the A.O. Central? How's that playing out? We, we know who's uh, what a, in that division, I hope.
0: Uh, Detroit.
1: Yes. My that, that note Ooh. on the
0: Tigers says bad, but better than last season.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: That's still really bad.
1: That's pretty bad. The big money pits on the team with uh, Miguel Cabrera and yeah. Jordan Zimmerman. Just just money. Just sitting there doing nothing. So.
0: Not a lot to not. Don't need to belabor them. I've got the K, uh, the Royals, KC. I've got them finishing fourth. I wrote scrappy, bordering on crappy.
1: <laughs> scrappy without the S. Yeah. Uh, ser- seriously, the top three teams in this division are gonna feast. They're just gonna eat the Royals and the and the Tigers every single night. <laughs> well, wait wait just a minute. Gonna... <laughs>
0: wait. The White Sox though will struggle with the Royals because they always.
1: Because <laughs> they always. struggle. Oh, that Kansas City special. another Kansas City special there. Yeah. Well, that, that that is a historical problem for the for the White Sox.
0: Uh I've got the Indians third uh this year. So do I. Uh I wrote here in my note for the Cleveland Indians. I wrote they're gonna lose lose a lot of two to one games.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and,
0: could, uh, they, oh my god, that lineup. That's like a triple yeah. A lineup.
1: Right. With with Francisco Lindor in the middle of it. And someone uh, on one of these uh, ESPN preview shows, I wasn't trying to watch, but it was just on just, uh, but somebody said uh, that Lindor is going to be the uh, top prize of the trade deadline. So that's another organization that seems to be at war with their best players. Cause they they want to act like they're poor and can't pay them well, even though they, they can.
0: I didn't understand last year why they were so hot to trade Bauer and Carrasco and Carrasco. I don't understand what the Indians are doing because you, you'd look at that team and think they're ready made to contend with that starting rotation every year. And now they traded away possibly the best piece of that rotation. And yeah, now we don't talking, need power. Man. Yeah. So now we don't need power. Ah, mm-hmm. You know, so Carrasco, I wouldn't be shocked if he's gone. I wouldn't be shocked if Lindor's gone. And that's the, the sad part of that is that's a winnable division every year there, there's no power need the out
1: Cy young experience. we don't need the Cy young winter klubers give her the clue yeah. yeah we don't need him either yeah just they're, they're strange they're, they're uh, trying to act like they're the pirates is what the problem is yeah. they're trying to act poor and, and they're not
0: oh and um, al east oh i had the raise i have the raise as a wild card this year
1: so ah, okay didn't
0: say that uh, i've got the white Sox finishing second all right and uh I just, I, yeah, was well, my only worry about them is the bottom of their lineup. The bottom of their lineup is rough. Sure, um, and
1: the top pitching, half pitching, though.
0: Rodon's coming back from injury. Is it Canely? Who's hurt? Who's gone?
1: Oh, uh, the uh, the Kopek. Col- yeah, Kopek was
0: Kopek's gone back
1: and opted yeah. out.
0: Rodon's coming back from major surgery. So I'm a little I'm a little worried. I like the I'm probably more high on the White Sox in twenty twenty one than I am in right. twenty twenty. Um I like the lineup is nice. I mean they've got they've got professional hitters all up and down, but uh Louis Robert, we don't know how good he's gonna be. And then uh, Garcia and Engel at the back that yeah. Uh, you might as well just have the pitcher hit if that's what you're throwing up there seven, eight, and nine right now. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, it, it is a little rough, but that top half is potentially so good. Um, I'm just going to come right out and say, yeah, I'm taking the White Sox all the way, got them winning the Central. You talk about uh, some teams that have the talent, but they're a little older, might struggle to get out the gate in the 60-game season. Some are young, but they aren't very good yet. And the White Sox, potentially is that word, that P word, but potentially the White Sox are young and talented and loaded and gonna explode all at the same time this year and i i'm maybe rooting for it to happen more so than predicting it but that's okay it's a 60 game season yeah, so who I really know. knows so i i got the Sox and i got the twins second uh i have them as a wild card I, I won't have them falling all the way off the twins but look the most powerful team in the history of baseball uh by a number of home runs it's hard to follow that up. Uh, like every single one of those sluggers uh, and you talk about sl- you slugger with a quotation mark, cause you talk about uh, Jorge Polanco and Mitch Garver and some of these guys you've never heard of in your life and they expect them to follow that up and, and repeat. I think uh, there's a whole lot of guys in that lineup that had their career year in home runs last year and aren't going to repeat that. Uh, maybe not Nelson Cruz, who's, very consistent. He's forty now, but he he can get back up there in the thirties, no problem in home runs. But some of those other guys, no, I got some of them falling off definitely.
0: Yeah, it's, unfortunately my note here on the Twins is they might hit two home run two hundred home runs in sixty games. <laughs> uh, Kepler, Cruz, Donaldson, Rosario, Sano. I mean, there are you know it would be a normal full season. They've got five, maybe six, 30 home run guys already in the lineup. The lineup is really good. Uh, They're they're not so good guys. Yeah, like Mitch Garver, eh, I I don't know. Jorge Polanco, yeah. We got to see because all of a sudden if these guys all fall off, and if a lot of these light hitting guys fall off, all of a sudden the talent starts to take over um and it's not just the ball anymore that's going to change the fortunes for a lot of teams the twins could be one of those teams
1: yeah some of them will fall off i i just have a feeling that not all those guys are going to have career years again
0: uh love their bullpen taylor rogers is a stud um he's quietly one of the best closers in baseball but nobody talks about taylor rogers
1: uh, I feel like no one talks about Jose Barrios, and he's one of the better starters or developing yeah. into one of the better starters in the league as well.
0: So, all right. So you got the White Sox. I've got the Twins. Um, that leaves the AL West all oh, the AL West. AL West is always fun.
1: <laughs>
0: I've got the Rangers, Rangers finishing last in that division.
1: Me too. New stadium, no fans. Not going to mean much to have a new stadium, but you don't have any fans in it.
0: The only note I have for them is brutal bullpen.
1: Yeah, and well,
0: it, it is. If you look, oh, no, does it. maybe not the eighth or ninth inning, but if you need anybody five, six or seven, forget it. They got nothing.
1: Well, all I was going to say to that was uh, somebody on MLB Network talked about the park actually is going to play big. The new park, it's going to be okay. not nearly as warm because it's a roof. Uh, and the dimensions are bigger, so they might not have, they might not be as bad pitching as they normally are. But I still got them finishing last.
0: They're going to be terrible. Yeah, I've got the Angels finishing fourth. So do I. Oh, okay. Uh, I just my note here says too many holes in that lineup. Uh,
1: there are a lot of holes. Uh, Mike Trout reluctantly opts in. Uh, this might be one of those wild predictions that you have no idea. Uh, maybe he thinks better of it in two weeks. Who the hell knows? He might just up yep. and say, you know what? I can't take this. The hell with it, and just go back home. So
0: yeah, but yeah, once they're... you get through Trout, Rendon, and Otani, as long as Otani's healthy, and then you get Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is like the Undertaker of Major League Baseball right now. <laughs> Justin Upton, about as bad, and and then just guys. So I don't trust that lineup. I, there, we know that the pitching stat, the starting pitching, is. Like it, what, take a look at their starters today and three weeks from now, three of those guys will be new because half that rotation is going to need Tommy John um, <laughs> surgery because that happens to the Angels every year, right? That's not like a yeah. bold prediction.
1: Oh, no, you're right.
0: So now batting yeah, for the uh,
1: Angels, number five, Albert Pujols.
0: Yeah, I got the uh, Seattle. I've got the Mariners finishing third. Wow. Uh, So do I. I got the Mariners finishing third. My notes here say uh, sneaky rotation in a team that notoriously has fast starts, like every year, right?
1: And maybe even so this year, because there's a lot of youth. There's a lot of guys on that team that are real young and uh, very talented, but they haven't put it all together. Uh, They 2021 is what I'm looking at for them, maybe next year.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of, you know, like going into this season, if we were still playing the fantasy game, knowing that uh, we are the proud owners of one Kyle Lewis, I was really
1: excited. He's one of them. He's one of those young cats.
0: just can hit a ton. And I like this 60-game season for these teams that aren't necessarily going to win the division, but it's like that preview season. They're playing real baseball, and they're getting all this under their belt just to go into 2021. No, I'm with you. Um long, yeah. Seattle's yeah. Malik Smith is JP Crawford. JP Crawford, another one of my former prospects on my uh, fantasy team. Daniel Vogelbach, who just needs fat and hits a lot of home runs. That's all you need. <laughs> um, no, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, fun times ahead in Seattle. I, I, they could finish 500. I could see a 30 and 30 finish for Seattle this year. Yeah. Um, but they'll be eight and two after ten games and everyone like, Oh, what about the <laughs> Seattle Mariners? Yeah. Uh Houston second. I've got Houston finished in second.
1: We have the same order, it's perfect. We finish it yeah. off with the same order just I like I wrote here COVID
0: COVID nineteen gets an assist to take the heat off, but they still <laughs> might break the but they still might break the plunking record.
1: <laughs> in sixty games.
0: <laughs> in sixty games. And then my A's uh, note here for first place says loaded lineup hides, mediocre starting pitching. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. The Astros, they can't cheat anymore. The, everybody's watching them. All eyes are on them. Uh, they got to rely on their own talent, but at least they won't have arenas full of haters screaming at them. True. But yeah, they, they're still going to get their, their heads thrown at, they still got to oh, have yeah. their heads on the swivel. That's for sure. Still going to um, be jumping
0: out some
1: balls. And, yeah, I'm picking Oakland over them because lots of young talent in the lineup and in the rotation. Uh, what? Why, not? Why, why the hell not? Uh, Jesus Lozardo is going to be a low-key rookie of the year candidate out of that rotation. Um, I was looking forward to A.J. Puck as well, but he looks like he's hurt again. Yeah, he's been uh, yeah,
0: hurt a lot in his
1: yeah. minor league. But, but still the talent in the lineup, Matt uh, Chapman, the star third baseman Matt Olson at first. Uh, uh, yeah, there's still guys in Oakland that can hit, and they're they're going to hit, and they're going to pitch. They they got uh, a really good rotation, uh, and they they've solidified the back of the bullpen with Liam Hendricks uh, emerging as their closer yeah. last year. So yeah, what the hell? Why not Oakland over Houston uh, to win the division? So we got uh, the exact same. Have- NL but East the, and AL West. You
0: have the Astros as a wild card. There's still too much talent on that roster. Cheating? Forget about the cheating. They're still good.
1: I completely agree, and I also have them as a wild card. So we got
0: two minutes left here. Uh, any bold predictions going into the for the finals uh, here? But you've got, I've got my ALCS, NLCS, and World Series. That's all I have. So unless you want to take it to the afternoon. we only got two minutes.
1: Oh. We can, we can get it in real quick. That's that's all I have is NL, AL, and Wild Card. Uh, NL, I'm going Brew Crew to the World Series over the Dodgers. Whoa.
0: Oh, so we both have the Dodgers going down in the NLCS.
1: Yes, dominating in the regular season and then yep. the playoffs start.
0: But I've got them going down to the Cincinnati Reds.
1: Ooh, the Reds in the World Series.
0: Wow. The Reds in the World Series uh, taking on the Twins, who will beat the Astros in the oh. ALCS.
1: And I have the New York Yankees slugging their way into the World Series over my Chicago White Sox.
0: Oh, and who's winning it all?
1: I'm going with your brew crew up there in Wisconsin over the Wow,
0: and with, It's NL Central all around. I've got the Reds.
1: Oh, why not?
0: Over the Twins. And after once we get to the after show, which starts in about a minute, yeah. I'm going to give you Statistic as to why, Ooh. and I've never. I'm,
1: yeah, that that's trouble. If you're going to go into stats, I'm we're in real trouble. You better put your money on the Reds right now, folks. Because when Jay goes to the stats, you I know something interesting is coming.
0: It's just pulled right out of last season's stats. And when I bring this, when I when I, I I might I might even turn you on this stat. It's a good one.
1: Looking forward to that. Our after show is online. In much less detail, look it up. And into our VIP after show program. That that wasn't the plug, but at least I remembered to say that it's going (laughs) to be part of the the after show Is part of the show that you can't listen to live.
0: Here's the problem with trying to get the plugs in now is we pack so much into 60 or 90 or two hours. That we just don't have time.
1: I just completely forget about it. No, we have time. If I make time at, if I make time at the beginning of the show, which I always intend to do, to to get it out of the way, but I just forget. That's all. So I I forgot again.
0: I am going to, I'm going to give you an idea right now, and then you're going to get like that beam of light and the sounds of angels filling your head when I give you this idea.
1: All right, hit me
0: record yourself doing the plugs and just hit the play button
1: <laughs> i would forget to do that that, that is a, a very good idea but i would forget to do that too <laughs> no that that's, that okay. that is good no yep. that's yeah i i can absolutely do that um it's just a matter of remembering oh wait 10 seconds to go wait let me hit this button that goes a minute nah, the right. I still have to remember either way, but but I, I so, can do that. The Reds. Yeah, the Cincinnati Reds, the world champion Cincinnati Reds. World,
0: I know, I couldn't believe it when I did it, but I, I'm all in this year for the Reds.
1: Um, so when you I mean, say, hold on, the, before you get started, when you say all, all in, you were telling me the whole time that you were making these picks as if it was pretty much the full season. Are you correct. saying you would have picked the Cincinnati Reds to win the World Series in a 162-game season?
0: Not sure because I'm not sure I would have had the twins. Hmm. That one, that card, no, but I might have had the Reds to at least go there. And I'll tell you why. So we talked about a pitching staff that added Trevor Bauer, Wade Miley, Pedro Strope, and Nate Jones. Four professional pitchers, right? Good pitchers. Trevor Bauer is an ace. Wade Miley is a guy, serviceable, right? Pedro Strope, as long as he doesn't walk the first guy, can be a shutdown. Um, reliever and your your buddy Nate Jones he's he's a dude right but he's a guy but this is who they added would you believe if I told you that in 2019 that the Reds finished 8th in ERA 6th in whip and 4th in batting average against and that's what they added to their team
1: impressive
0: and when you, when, you, when you look at the stats where they're finishing, it's just like murderer's row of playoff teams, and then the Reds just every, everywhere in these top pitching categories just sticking out like a sore thumb. Then you combine that with the fact that they actually added professional hitters to their lineup. That's a recipe for success, my friend. Okay. So an underrated Jason, pitching staff. Nobody would have ever said, if I told you to name like, pitching staffs last year, and the The Reds are never gonna come up, right?
1: No, I would not have thought of the Cincinnati Reds.
0: If I well here are the here batting average against. That's a huge stat, right? Because when you here were the top eight last year. Batting average against Houston, the Dodgers, the Rays the Reds? <laughs> then it's the Cardinals, the Indians, the A's and the Nationals.
1: You
0: yeah. well, one of these things is not like the other <laughs> And, yeah, so here's a team that's pitching basically out of its ass last year, but for some reason finishes eight games under five hundred. Every other team on that list, by the way, uh, was either in the playoffs or sniffed the playoffs. Right. So, I'm telling you, in the numbers, I'm liking the Reds.
1: Well, like I said, y'all got to go out and put your money on the Reds now. If Jason is citing stats. <laughs> They're plus 2,800
0: put... right now. <laughs> series just 8, They actually have the same odds as the Cubs.
1: What? The Cubs are that high?
0: Plus 2,800. The Cubs and the Reds are both about middle of – actually, if you look at the NL Central, everybody's all packed together. Um. Mm. Uh, it's funny because when I looked at – was it um, fan graphs when they do their, when they did their 2020 projected standings, right? Yep. You look at the NL central, they literally have the NL central, the top four teams in the NL central all finishing within two games of each other.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised by that.
0: And that's why, mm-hmm. it's, that's why it's like, you know, it's like, like I said, if the Cubs could close games, that could be the difference between going, or if Craig, if Craig Council could figure out not to blow his bullpen out and try to manage every game like it's the seventh game of the World Series, which somebody might say, well, that's a good thing that he does that, especially in a short season. I think it's going to make him even worse at it because of the short season because all of like playing three games, it's like winning a, like every game is like a series now. So I I need Hater in the
1: sixth. (laughs) But you know what's going to help him out is the Craig council rule. That he can't run guys out there for one-third of an inning uh, over and over and wind up using seven or eight pitchers for a a single game. He can't do that anymore.
0: So he's going to be saved. That hurt him because now he has to throw out guys out there to get, you know, to throw Gatsby on a fire.
1: Well, it's I I would hope it would help him. I hope he would uh learn to see who in his bullpen he can rely on and trust now that he knows he has to go out there for three hitters with each guy. He can't just say this guy is gonna be good against this one hitter and then go out and get the next guy. He's gotta you would hope anyway that he would do his homework and, and figure that out. And I'm hoping I'm sure hoping on it, I I'd pick the brew crew to go all the way and, and win the title. Uh, and that's a big part of it. Is why is because of the council rule, basically saving him from himself a little bit.
0: Uh, it makes him manage a little less. You think?
1: Yes. Anything that makes Craig Council manage less is a good thing for Craig the Brewers.
0: Council rule makes him put. I think he starts hater in the eighth a lot. And
1: well, he was doing that anyway, though. He
0: was, but it takes its toll. Right. With all the, the the heavy emphasis on division games, you know how you do in your division this year is really going to determine above an of anything else if you're going to the playoffs or not. And I have a feeling the council is just going to manage these games like I said. Like I said, like every game is the seventh game of the World Series, and he's going to get in his own way. And I, I still, I, how do I trust a team with Brandon Woodruff? Urban Burns, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser, and, and dudes. Th- ugh. That yeah, those
1: rotation other guys,
0: is just awful. Uh, those,
1: those other guys are definitely dudes. Woodruff keeps showing flashes of being more than a dude, but he can't stay on the field is his problem. Um, yeah. I'll say this. Uh, the 60 games should help the Brewers as well because you – want to blow out Josh Hader that's, and you cite his second half numbers, that's great, but of course there is no second half this year no, because I know. it's all bunched together. So that should definitely help as well. And you know, one manager, at least in that division, uh, counsel might struggle against most managers, but one manager he shouldn't struggle against is David Ross because David Ross has never done this before. So that's at least one guy he should be able to outmanage.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, at um, uh, looking at Josh Hader right now. So first half, Josh Hader, last three years, right? So last three years, Josh Hader, first half of the season, 1.65 ERA. I mean, that is sweet, insane. 110 batting average against.
1: That's microscopic.
0: 110 the last three seasons. Second half, 320 ERA. 180. Now, 180 is still good.
1: Yeah. but that still,
0: Guys are hitting 70 points higher second half versus first half. And that's use. That is nothing other than use or familiarity or you've used them so much that everybody has seen everything that you can do. It's the it's a Clayton Kershaw or what the Cubs did to the Indians in the world. It's like, okay, the third time they saw Kluber, okay, we got this figured out. And then they started hitting them. So sometimes it could just be the familiarity, um, you know, but I'm just telling you Josh Hader, definitely not the same guy. First half, second
1: half. You keep making my argument for me though. You're talking about I first 80 games, versus second it. 80 games. And this year there is no second to 80 games.
0: I I, I understand totally understand
1: uh, you're feeling great about your reds i'm feeling pretty good about the, about the brewers pick it's it's very interesting that we both have champions coming out of the nl central and neither one of them is the chicago cubs
0: uh, you know i told you i'm not i'm not writing them off not at all but they got to close some games that's it's what did them in last year. They had the worst, worst blown save percentage, I believe in the league, or at least the worst, the worst one when you actually took the totality. Cause in the first half, it was just ridiculously awful. Like by the all-star break, I think they'd already had 26 or 27 blown saves. Um, You know, Kimbrel's got a full off season. If he goes back to even being, if he's 80% of what he was when he was in Atlanta, they have a chance. Because, like I said, I mean, the Cubs could finish fourth and maybe finish two or three games out. And if they can convert saves that they were blowing last year, like I said, they they could easily run away with the division because offensively they they have the talent. They have the starting pitching too. I mean, they have a rotation. I I got nothing. I, I was extreme. If David Ross did anything right, it was named Kyle Hendricks the starting day pitcher. Not, not, not keep falling on the John Lester thing for old times' sake. Because Kyle Hendricks is their ace.
1: He couldn't go with Lester because Lester is basically done. He is. And that's a part of and, my problems with the team.
0: And, uh, you know, and you Darvish had a nice second half last year, so we'll see.
1: Well, he was excellent in the second half last year, but if he gets another slow start like he did last year, uh, that that's trouble because there's no second half to bounce back to.
0: There's also nobody to boo at him. <laughs> but I think boo. Um, does booing sound the same in English as it does in Japanese? I think it does.
1: I think boo is boo no matter where you go.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: I don't think there's a place where you boo and it sounds and it's a compliment. <laughs> no,
0: if there's if, if if they if there's anything they could use, um, you know, it, it's maybe a little help at the back end of that rotation. Jose uh, Jose Quintana. Um, he's, he's out for cutting a while. His hand
1: up on wine glasses. Yeah.
0: he's out for a while. So, but he'll be back. Um, but we'll see. You know, the, the Tyler Chatwood experiment is not working out so well.
1: Yeah, they have issues. I, I'm not trying to write them off either. I don't want to write them off, but I'm, I'm just getting that that feeling like it's like the window is starting to, to, to shut a little bit on them.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't see that offensively. I still think that team's going to hit the cover off the ball. They they still have professional hitters all up and down that lineup. They're bench hitters. They Bodie, professional hitter. Nico Horner's going to be playing a lot this year. Uh, another guy who can't ever stay healthy is uh, Steven Souza Jr. Yeah, no kidding. Whose problem was never talent; it's always been health.
1: Um, I can see him. Field. I
0: can see between him and Bodie and Caratini. I, I mean, there's there's good hitters. There's a there's like four DHS on that bench that <laughs> I don't feel uncomfortable seeing any one of them in the DH slot. I have no problem seeing uh, Bodie play in third and Bryant plays DH. so having this extra DH gives you flexibility where you can give a guy quote unquote, a day of rest that you couldn't do before. You know, Rizzo can DH and Caratini can play first or catcher. So there's, there, there's a lot of, you know, so Ross has a lot of flexibility on this roster, especially offensively. So we'll see.
1: I certainly hope they don't, uh, that he doesn't DH somebody else and then decide, well, I still want to keep Schwarber in the lineup. I'm going to send him out to left field. It can't be that bad because it is that bad. He, he, Schwarber I, I needs to DH every game, basically.
0: I don't want him out there in left field.
1: At all, uh, he's, he's 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 not good.
0: You know, I, I'm they, fine. They know that. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely fine with uh, Hap and Elmora and Hayward in the outfield. It's a much more athletic outfield. Um, I'm, I'm fine. I'm I, I will take Ian Hap playing left field over Kyle Schwarber.
1: I'll, I'll take me playing left field over Kyle Schwarber. He's terrible.
0: I remember being on the phone with you doing this show the day that uh, he collided and blew his knee out in 2016. You yeah. we were on the air when that mm-hmm. happened. I'd be funny to go back and pull that tape because I'm watching that game. I think it was down in Arizona and we were doing a show and I was like, oh, he's done. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs>
0: no doubt because, you know, he collides and you could just see the knee go,
1: you yeah. know, the knee
0: shouldn't wrap other way around somebody, and it did,
1: <laughs>
0: oh. and they just knew it was all over, and it sure yeah, but then he comes back, and he's a World Series hero, and they just can't let go, they just can't let go of it, they should have traded him, oh my god,
1: and now I'm we got like, the train universal DH,
0: train to Texas, let him be the, D- yeah, now, now, he's built for that, I have, he could DH every day. He doesn't have to catch. He doesn't have to play left field. They have enough roster flexibility that he doesn't need to do that ever. He could just be the deeps. Yes. Go out there and be a professional hitter just like you did in Cleveland in the World Series.
1: Don't ever let him on the field again. They need to pray that the universal DH sticks around after next year because that's – Schwerber was a, a universal DH when he first came up. He, when he was a catcher, that was some of the worst catching you've ever seen. And yeah. they would put him in the outfield, and that wasn't any better. Yeah.
0: I lived through Rick Wilkins.
1: Was Schwarber work, uh better than Rick Wilkins. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think Schwarber was got, better than Rick he Wilkins. He got the
0: arm. He, he had the arm. I mean, I will say one <sighs> thing for Schwarber. He's a butcher in left field, but he makes up for a lot of his mistakes because he's got that catcher's arm. Right. And he, a well, he lot does finally outfield. make it to the ball. Once he gets there, he had a lot of outfield <laughs> assists. Yeah. Um, but that was more to do with the fact that he was running the balls out of one hop that most outfielders would have just
1: caught
0: <laughs> as at any range. Uh, I get credit though for slimming down and, you know, and taking it serious and getting himself at least physically in a position enough to, you know, go out there and play left field. The problem was he sapped his power. The, the, all the power he had when he was just a big fat guy when he was just Matt Stairs.
1: And now you got the DH. Just go be Matt Stairs again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we
0: need to send Cal Schwarber some some care packages of <laughs> some Snickers bars, and some Bonbons, and deep dish pizza. Fat him up, turn him into Daniel Vogelbach.
1: <laughs> oh, no, don't don't fat him up that much. Because I sent you a a picture of him a couple ball. years ago. Yeah, uh, he he came through uh, playing down here in in Memphis a couple years ago, and I sent you a picture of him. I'm like he has not missed any meals. Big <laughs> Big Band Vogelbacken getting bigger. Uh, the, speaking of the minor league, that reminded me of, about the uh, the Gavin Lux story. This is my last story of about watching uh, a minor league talent. So this is my last one. I'm gonna go out and. Uh, can't tell those stories anymore. So I definitely wanted to get this in. It happened in the middle of last summer. I meant to talk about it this entire time um, and just never got around to it. Um, It's I'll try to make it quick. I know I can go on, but it's basically concerns two pitches. So I shouldn't take too long, but it was just amazing the story that was told about how good of a player Gavin Lux could be within two pitches. So Gavin Lux, when he came in, um, he wasn't hitting 400, but he was hitting well, and he was the big star, you know, for the Dodgers' uh, minor league outfit that came in. He was the the guy you wanted to watch. He had all the hype around him, and I can't remember if it was the first at-bat or the second at-bat, but he was in the box, and the pitcher, the starting pitcher for the Redbirds decided to buzz the tower and give him a little message pitch, and you could tell it was not something that just got away. It was high and tight and uh knocked Lux down to the ground. Didn't back him off. It knocked him down because it was basically coming right at his head. Um and it was like, whoa, that was not an accident. That was a message bit. I was like, okay, you're the big shot here, some of this. Let's see how you respond to this. And I remember saying in my head as Gavin Lux was getting back up out of the box, I said, you know, if this kid is really all that, he responds to the next, yard. and Gavin Lux on the next pitch responded and took him yard, and I said, "Oh, oh fuck, okay." And it wasn't a cheap; it was three seventy, three eighty. He pulled him right out of the park, like he, like he was sending a message right back. I was like, "This is who I am, bitch." Now what you gonna do? And took his time around the bases with it as well. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm talking about. That's what you're supposed to do. So I got all the the vibes for Gavin Lux. Like we talk about makeup and and everyone uh, talks about uh, a kid's makeup and how good of a prospect is he going to be. And everyone talks about that now. You got the makeup there. You got the talent. You got the actual physical talent. You got the obvious talent and you got the makeup. You got a guy that gets knocked down in the box, stands right back up and says, okay, and just jacks you the very next pitch, that was very impressive. So I'm always I'm always going to look out for Gavin Lux uh, with the Dodgers and see what he's up to, because I think he's, he's got the potential to be uh, one of the, the, the good young stars coming up uh, in the future.
0: And with all that said, we have the Dodgers going out like
1: chumps. Because they're the Dodgers. Again, this is why the Astros cheated, because they don't want to be the fucking Dodgers with people always <laughs> talking about them losing.
0: <laughs> That's why they cheated. I, Not I,
1: justifying it, but just saying. That's why they cheated. It's just
0: did. so sad because I think we were both on record. We'll never know, but we both thought that the Astros were good enough to win without the cheating.
1: That was definitely. Definitely. All that talent on that team is 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 obvious. It's it's self-evident. They, they have a ton of talent. But how many teams throughout the years have had a ton of talent and never won, won the big yeah. one? Just the couldn't Dodgers. get over the hump.
0: This, well, this, right Dodgers this, this Dodgers team.
1: <laughs> Definitely. And they were trying to avoid being this Dodgers team that always gets talked about as having so much talent, but why can't they just win the big one? And the Astros was like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not going to go out like that. We're Here's start how we're going to start the big can. ones. Here's you hit that garbage can once when that fastball's coming and twice when that curveball's coming, and we're going to do this. And this is what we're going to do. Again, not justifying the cheating, but just saying, uh, this is why they did it. That, that's all I'm saying.
0: I'm with you there. I, I, I mean, we, we we crapped on them. I don't I don't think we went overboard uh, when we did our cheating in baseball uh, show.
1: Well, I almost felt like I was defending them uh, because I was just it, it was so obvious why they did it. They're trying to avoid all these teams, not just the Dodgers, but all these teams in all these sports that come close to winning the title and circumstances you know playoff situations in any sport are have a little bit of randomness too I, I, I appreciate basketball the most because to me that's the least random like you really can't get lucky and beat a better team in a seven game series uh in basketball because it's such a physically different game in football it's only one game of course there's luck involved uh, with, with some of those. And in baseball, the game itself is is a bit of a random game. Uh, but in all of these sports, all these teams that have the talent to put it together and win the title, but they don't, they just get dogged, man. They just get talked about. We don't hear how they talk about each other to each other. We don't hear the athletes uh, amongst each other, how they talk about other guys, but we just hear uh, in the media and some comments from fans every now and then talking about, oh, you know, guys like Charles Barkley and uh, that never won the championship, and they, oh, they sure. should get talked about their entire career. Like, no matter what you did, your Hall of Fame player, Carl Malone's another one. No matter what you did, MVPs, Hall of Fame, but you never won the title. You never won the ring. It's all about the ring, uh, and and I, it's hard to to not blame somebody for going out and, and finding an extra edge. It's it's uh, not just the, the, the cheating scandal with the Astros, but going back to steroids and, and Andro and uh, creatine and all that stuff. So that was all yep. pretty much in the same category as what the Astros were doing. They're all just trying to get an edge. They're all just trying to find a way to be better than the people that they're playing against so that they can be champions, so that they don't have to uh, worry about people saying, oh, you're a loser. You never won the big one okay, well, I'm going to win the big one no matter how I do it. And, and I just, I I think I understand it and, and sort of justify it more than, than you do. Uh, you know, not that you're wrong and I'm right and not that I'm wrong and you're right, but uh, I just, I, I really do get why they do that. Maybe I would be one of those guys cheating if I were good enough to be on that level. Cause that really would rankle me. Like if I was good enough to be on a professional level and still got called a buster and a, and a loser and, and all this stuff because I couldn't win a, a world title. I would do anything I could to, to win the big one and, and get over that hump. And so I would, just so I wouldn't have to listen to all that. So, so I get it, man. Cheating is, is, is bad, but, but I, I guess I just understand I I get it, man. Just, you, you get to that level yeah. you don't want to go down like a chump. You, you want to, whatever you want to do yeah. to win and get over that hump. I, I get it.
0: And we see it, we see it in all sports, right? It's foo- football too, right? I mean, John Elway, was a bum (laughs) until he got a running game and a defense and won those last two Super Bowls and then knew one to get out, right? Because then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, he's the greatest. Although I grew up watching football in the 80s the same as you did. And nobody's ever going to tell me that that John Elway was better than Dan Marino. Exactly. Marino never won a
1: title. Exactly. Physically gifted quarterbacks, Marino is right at the top with any of them.
0: And, you know, growing up watching football in the 80s, and, you know, you go back, oh, my God, I was watching uh, NFL Network was playing a game, and it was a playoff game from, oh, jeez, I don't know, 90s, like 92, something back in those, and it was uh, the Oilers, and it was Warren Moon, right? Yeah. And I'm watching Warren Moon, and I'm like, God, I didn't appreciate him enough when, when right. he was playing, you know?
1: Like, damn, this guy's good.
0: Because I'm watching, and you know, and the defense is just sacking him left and right, and he's just taking a whooping the whole game, and he just kept he just kept standing back there taking shots and delivering just. And, and I still to this day, and I've always been on record saying Warren Moon throws the prettiest ball of anybody I've ever seen. I don't know if Warren Moon ever threw a ball and wobbled. <laughs> so hey. you go back, go back and watch that some of those. Uh, like any his deep ball. It, didn't even, oh, yeah. it was effortless. Just completely effortless.
1: Yeah, I, I'm watching it in my mind now. Hayward Jeffries running down the sideline and just drops right into his arms.
0: So and I was just, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're, we're the Oilers were good, but they were they never could get over the hump. Right. Always good. They they were always they were always in the mix. They were in the playoffs a lot, you know. But you know, we also grew up in a time when we had you know we didn't have NFL Sunday tickets, so we had NFC football rammed down our throats. Living in Chicago, sure. How much Oilers football did we see? They were good. We, we'd see them in the playoffs. So what do you see in the playoffs? Oh, you see them blow the biggest uh, lead ever, <laughs> you know, uh, in a playoff game. No, there's, a,
1: yeah, there's there's so many talented guys throughout the year there's guys that were that we forget about that, that have been lost to history that were just as good physically as anyone else but they just happen to be in a bad situation maybe they're uh if you're talking about football quarterbacks that's uh i always talk about this that's only half the game they can't play defense they can't control what their defense does. They can't control what their offensive line does for them. There, there's no quarterback that can succeed with a terrible offensive line. So, uh, it doesn't you know, it doesn't matter uh, how good you are if you're getting sacked all the time, if you every time you drop back you're getting hit. Of course you can't show how good you are. Of course you're not going to win. So, yeah, it, it's it's tough. It's like uh, so many, Jeff George. Uh, physically gifted, as, as physically gifted as they got, but, you know, just had um, uh, immaturity issues as well. When, yeah. he, when, he did, when he did get sacked, he, he didn't exactly handle it the best.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all. So I understand the point about, hey, you know, and the Astros, hey, what was their Astros problem? They got caught. There you go. If we don't know
1: they cheated, and we can't say anything about their cheating.
0: You know, we went through, and we had the, you know, you could see the tape you could, so you could see how obvious it was. You could statistically see the edge that it gave them. I mean, it was proven. The Astros problem was they got addicted to it, you know, and they were, they, they became, it was a heist movie. It was the one last job, right? And you just know it's going to, the one last job, and then we're going to retire. And they just, they couldn't, it was a drug. They couldn't, they, they couldn't stop it. It goes
1: doing. well and they say, all right, one more time. Here we go. Yeah.
0: And they just, they got, they got busted. Yes, they got busted from within, um, my, you know, the way I kind of took it from, you know, with Mike Fires, And then when you saw the pitchers being interviewed and Verlander, it like I think that the negativity came from the pitchers on that squad not appreciating what their offense was doing.
1: Yeah, they, they knew. They, they knew it was wrong and they knew as yep. pitchers that it was something that would threaten them if they were on the other side. Like it would make them uh, completely, (laughs) it would make them completely look like bums. And they were like, no, we, we can't stand, we can't stand for this. You know, they got their ring, but then they decided to blow the whistle because they decided now we can't stand for this. There's a little hypocrisy in there. Mike
0: Fires didn't blow the whistle until after he left and went to Oakland and in his starts against the Astros had this like astronomical ERA against okay, everybody wait else. Wait a minute. It was great. And he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, wait you know what? Minute. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I saw it when I was there. I know what they're doing. I'm I'm Let
1: me you know. tell y'all why I'm so bad against the Astros. <laughs> I got some stories <laughs> to tell y'all.
0: Uh
1: so Whew.
0: That was a fun show. Well, we agreed on yeah, a lot. That was... Again. <laughs>
1: A lot more than I thought we would. Uh, for our 2020 baseball preview, the 60-game sprint. It starts tomorrow.
0: Is it just uh, one game tomorrow night?
1: There's a couple games tomorrow. So okay, games tomorrow. Yeah.
0: And then, hey, at least I'll, yeah, I'll be, you know, I get to put on MLB Network when I'm at work and actually watch live baseball.
1: With sound effects.
0: It'll be interesting but... for me. See how invested I am in it. How long it takes me to get into, you know, the season. I I, I have a feeling it's not going to be immediate. I have a, it's going to take a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think for me it'll be more interest at the beginning, of the spectacle of how everything is going to work out, and then uh, as the after about a week or two, my mind will kind of drift and okay, the season's going, and I it won't. Register to me that i need to keep paying attention because i'm not used to a 60 game season just like everybody else so i'm used to the season starts the first couple of weeks you get the excitement out and then you start the six month march of a baseball season it's not going to be a six month march it's going to be a two month march and so i'm going to have to
0: the excitement for us right now should be the trade deadline being next week
1: yeah exactly but uh it's it's a brave new world, a whole different world. Uh tomorrow the schedule goes Yankees at Natinals, uh at uh, six o'clock Central Time, uh, followed by Giants Dodgers at nine o'clock. So that's your setup for tomorrow.
0: Eh, okay. That's <laughs> not even exciting of that's not even an exciting schedule to me.
1: They put the Yankees and the Nanas on. They got the defending world champions against the New York Yankees. They probably think that's their greatest.
0: Raise a flag for nobody.
1: Um, are they? Did they do the ring handout already? I think they already got their ring, so they're not even oh, going to bother you know, with that.
0: I got them FedEx <laughs> because of coronavirus.
1: Right. So yeah, and it, the the pitching matchup is is awesome. It's Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer, so that should be some excitement. But yeah, know,
0: I got nothing against sure? that. Um, yeah, but the should win.
1: But it's well, who knows? You, you, you never yeah. know.
0: I I want to see what having no fans in the stands does for the players. You know the, the you know you're on that stage. You're a performer and an athlete. Now you're just an athlete. I think it's yeah, more but, mental.
1: Well, the low buzz of the, the, the crowd that they have going throughout the whole game, which is creepy as hell, but um I think that is gonna regulate things and make it not quite quite as creepy. It's not like they're gonna be playing in complete silence. So they they got the sound effects, they got the cheering when they hit a ball hard. They they're it's probably not gonna be nearly as weird as we think it is, because they're they're doing what they can to keep it as normal as they possibly can. So the weirdness is just going to be the foul balls into the stands, knocking cardboard heads off and uh, (laughs) nobody chasing after foul balls and all that. Down
0: now, right?
1: Yeah. you don't have to, you you don't have to worry about liability. You don't have to worry about a little seven year old girl getting killed by a foul ball. So you can, you can take that down if you want. I would just leave it up anyway, just for the hell of it. Just because
0: it's there anyways, Right. Yeah
1: yeah why not all right all right well, i'm ready yeah i am too um let me do the plugs now while i'm thinking about it right before we get out of here uh we have thoughts on twitter uh not as many thoughts as other people uh but we do have thoughts uh you can follow me on twitter at IMLD Dre, like dr dre and you can follow jason on twitter at imldjtg uh, you can email us with any questions or comments. You would send that to the following email address, in much less detail at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from anyone that's been listening all this time through the coronavirus and through this weird, weird 2020 that we are having so far. Uh, to listen to this show as a podcast, you're already doing it right now because you can't be listening to this live. It's not airing live. But uh, if you forget or want to have that information, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple podcasts, and you would get the live portion of the show. And also this after show that you're listening to right now. Uh, there's many different podcasting apps that you can find our show and you would get the full show. Uh, if you sign up with any of those apps as well. Uh, and our football picks, this is supposed to be a football show will be on our blog. Our blog site is in much less detail. Dot uh, We've, still have the idea of going through and getting our uh, past Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy inductions and listing them on our blog, just so we can have a point of reference as to what they are. The the, uh, write ups are there for most years, not all of the years. But uh, we still want to go through and do that at some point. I don't know exactly when but that's still a project uh, for the future. Um, And the show page uh, to listen to the show live, if you're one of those that's listening to this podcast and want to listen live, well, the show page to listen live is blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That is the only place to listen to the show live. As far as when we're on, well, you got to kind of look at the schedule when we put it up and, and hope that we actually come on when we say we're going to, because sometimes we wind up having to move the show uh, off of what we originally planned. Uh, But stuff happens.
0: But as of right now, I think we're down for the weekend of the first and the second for uh, your show, which would be Hall of infamy.
1: The NFL hall of fame slash hall of infamy show will be uh, the induction. This year will be done by me and that will uh, indeed take place the first weekend in august i believe that sunday night is probably when we'll do that, that would so be the that's second, what we're aiming for be, so
0: that's 10 days uh it's 10 days out 9, 9 11 10 11 days out so yeah we went long stretch there we, no, but that's usually our summer you know we we kind of take a little take a little break every once in a while we'll throw up a show but you know now we're starting to get somewhat into um our normal pattern, you know, we did a preview and we did Baseball Hall of uh, Infamy. It turned out to be uh, exactly about when it should have been, because um, I was seeing, you know, on this date people were elected into the Hall of Fame this last week, and we just did that show. And then you got football; and you're doing that about on the right time. Yep. That, and then that usually, what usually between uh, Football Hall of Infamy and Football Preview, we usually do one last Kings of Non Sequitur show, just kind of wrap up the summer and and then we're back to it football party
1: yeah but even football will be weird this year Uh, we already know there'll be no preseason games so that's some weirdness right Well, there will be
0: they'll just be regular season games
1: the third week of the preseason will literally be nfl week three of the regular season this year yes uh uh, I, I don't know if they're going to get the season in either. You talk about if baseball is going to get it all the way in. I don't know uh, if football is going to because that's yeah. setting up to be a, another labor battle and, and all of that going on. So, yeah, the, the weirdness of 2020. The, uh, the, the coronavirus year just continues on and on. You know who uh, is the Coronapalooza winner of uh, of coronavirus 2020? Is John Sebastian, uh, the guy who wrote oh. Welcome Back Cotter. I don't know if you. Yes, every third commercial is using "Welcome Back, Cotter" because all these restaurants are opening back up. Hey, welcome back! All these uh, tourist attractions are welcome. Oh, welcome back! We're all open. Everything's wide open. Everything is opening back up, and everything is just fine. And we're going to ignore the uh, the sickness and the death tolls that are rising each and every day. Okay. Uh, at least John Sebastian is making money off it, so that that's good for him, I suppose. All right, we're we're finished now. Still alive. Uh, I believe he is.
0: Well, good for him.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: he's ro- rolling some royalty monies. That's right. Yeah. I'm All good. right.
1: Cool. So, okay. <laughs> he Dre. Uh, nope. He's Jay. I'm Dre. I, I'm. I'm... <laughs> I'm good for that uh, every couple months as uh, well. It's
0: not uh, the first time that's happened in 10 years. Of... No. How long are you podcast now? Uh, Seven? 20, Is
1: your 2013? Season?
0: Your eighth season, because last year was our seventh season. That You had that in the intro.
1: That's right. So this will be our eighth season. I'll have that in the intro oh. if I remember. Wow. Yeah. The, the years fly by.
0: Oh, wait. Um, we get the, I, I missed the Tommy intro. You know, that kind of gets you pumped for when the show
1: starts. (laughs) I can't believe you admit you missed that as much as you couldn't stand it.
0: (laughs) I just have to put it out of my mind that it's Tommy. (laughs) Let's go! I
1: I can't use that anymore. He's not the defending champion. He's not even in the same place anymore, so I I can't put that back up. I'll have to come up with something else. Let's go. Let's
0: go. Smoke three packs of Marlboros. (laughs) Let's go.
1: All right. Uh, We'll figure something out. All right. So we're coming back in the first Sunday in August. At least that's what we're planning for to do. NFL Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy hosted by yours truly. Looking forward to that. And hopefully you will join us for that. Uh, But get ready for real baseball. It's finally back and it's coming up tomorrow. So we'll be watching or at least we'll try to watch. Uh, This has been Kings of Non-Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and the boys of summer are back, and we will talk to you coming up beginning of August. Talk to you then.